for a very special edition of Eric Bischoff's Monday Night Raw. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Raw Roulette. Every match is going to be determined by a single spin of the wheel. Behold, the Raw Roulette wheel. Will it be an HLA match? Or how about Bischoff's Choice? Perhaps it will be a Kiss My Ass match. See, this wheel represents the very best that Las Vegas has to offer. Whether it's sex, sin, lust, greed, danger, unpredictability, it's all right here, and it's all right here on Raw. So ladies, you ready for some action? I know I am. Let's see what our first match is going to be. Again, and welcome to episode number 97 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, here we are. It's very cold outside as we've entered the month of November. We've had some big happenings in the world of WWE and other wrestling promotions. What is new out there, Patrick? Oh, man. Let's see. What's new? What's new? Hmm. Well, Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel, the event no longer being named on television as they try to distance themselves. It was that bad. <laughs> well, it was a terrible event from what I've read. I have not watched the event. I did read reviews of it and listen to Post Wrestling's review of it. There was uh, a terrible World Cup tournament featuring all Americans, and it was won by... Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon to crown the best in the world. Yes. That's right. Shane McMahon, who didn't wrestle in any of the earlier matches, no. determined for himself that, Miz, your leg, it looks too bad. I'm going to have to take your spot now. Yes. This was after on SmackDown they made this big deal out of, oh, if you make it to the finals and lose, you're fired, which had no, that was just thrown out for no reason. No reason. Just a false lead. I didn't watch any of a this. A red herring. I, I, I did not watch. Hey, first of all, kudos to... Renee Young putting her foot down and saying, you know what? I'm part of the announce team. I'm going over there to do my job. Well, this was apparently negotiated in uh, September. So they had this planned all along that she was going to be a part of the broadcast. And also what they don't mention, it is great. It is great. Look, any kind of progress over there on women's issues, any kind of social movement forward, is a good one. That's a so, that's a huge step in my eyes. Yeah, so I'll give them a slight high five, but they shouldn't have been over there to begin with, based on what happened to that poor journalist. 
and based on all the other things that are going. It's blood money what they're taking. There's a lot of problems I have with it, but it was good that she was there. However, one stipulation that she had to travel with Dean Ambrose, her husband had to be with her on the trip. She couldn't go just by herself, even though Dean wasn't on the card. So, <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, it was mandated that he must be with her. So, And also, if you noticed, they never stood up during the broadcast. Well, that's because... You know, she can't show up. She had to wear long sleeves and all black and not... Did she have to cover her face? No, she didn't have to cover her face. Good. So that was that's a step forward. Like I say, baby steps. It's a good thing. Good for Renee. Now that she is a part of the Raw announced team, she should be at these kind of events. Anyway, I agree. Because she's part of the, the panel. She's the color commentator. So I agree. Good for her. Uh, terrible booking of the World Cup tournament. This oh, thing was... Man. Stupid to begin with. It was another meaningless title, much like the belt they gave to Braun after winning the Greatest Royal Rumble. Why the hell did we not, if they were going to do it that way, okay, have Kurt Angle go all the way to the end and we have Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon? Oh, yes, a rematch from King that, of the Ring that 2001. Alone, and it, has, it doesn't have to be hardcore stuff. Just that alone would draw people who didn't watch it live and be like, fuck, I want to see this now, and click over re rewatch. I mean, well, I think with all the negative publicity around the event, they just wanted to get – they didn't want a main wrestler guy to come back waving that trophy around forever because it's going to keep it in people's minds. So instead you have – Shane win it, and he'll disappear, you know, because he shows up to work when he wants to, and yeah. it'll just fade from people's memories. In the meantime, they can use it as a building block for Survivor Series between Raw and SmackDown, this brand warfare, so now he's got this trophy, so now they are the superior brand, if you if you didn't know before. Now, these brands that hate each other so much that they allow Corey Graves to do both, you know, yeah. commentating roles. Yeah. And they allow Brie Bella to just show up wherever she wants to without... But this time of year, Patrick, for two weeks a year, they hate each other. These yeah, brands are... Absolutely. Bitter rivals. Bitter rivals. Uh, so very puzzling, head-scratching, especially when you have people like Ray Mysterio, who you just got back, who's a big star internationally. And you have people like Kurt Angle, who was telling the story of a comeback tale, a Rocky story. Like He actually... I think said in one of his promo pieces, this is more important than the Olympic medal. Like, he was really... Oh, they're showing, like, highlight Rocky montage of him, you know, working out in the gym and doing the whole sit-ups and the neck lifts, and it's like... Just to have him get out in the first round. Yeah. But for these made-up trophies, not their championship belts, which have a lot of value, even though they have 400 of those, Memorial Cups, Battle Royal winners, Greatest Royal... For these... Tchotchkes, these souvenir things that carry no value. Slammies. Slammies. The urn. (laughs) For these props, it's like, I don't, who really cares at the end of the day? Like, it's, it was on a show that no one even really watched. So if you're going to do something that stupid, then it's on a show where no one watched. So they wanted to go ahead and sneak in Hulk Hogan, sneak him in the door. Well, he said he was over 300 pounds and that he was going to go on a diet after he saw himself on television. Now he's disappeared again, you know, from the company. The you company why, didn't right? even... Well, because they don't want to bring him out. He's going he's to be number 30 for the Rumble. Yeah, uh, I don't see that happening. I, I do. I don't see him getting in a wrestling ring anytime soon. He's going to win the Royal Rumble and go on the main event. 
one more time. I rewatched his final match he had with Sting and Impact, and no, this it's man does brutal, not. It? Oh yes, with his <laughs> jeans on and his oh, it's awful. Yes, it's brutal. But both guys did blade jobs in the match, so it was really, really in stupid. his older it was age, a tiny ring. In his older age, though, he like, loved blading. He loved a blade, and he bladed like he poured blood blade. Yeah. It was like some Sean and Triple H type blading, and so it's crazy. He what? He's not afraid to. I would almost, if it couldn't be Gold Dust, and we talked about it before going live here, it couldn't be Gold Dust, and it couldn't be Kurt Angle winning. You know the whole Legends thing. I'd almost buy into Hogan winning it. You know the Legend out of nowhere comes back to win the Rumble, goes on to main event WrestleMania, and just gets his ass kicked. I don't think they want that type of publicity after what he said. He was welcomed back into the company, and that is good enough. They're not going to use him in that capacity. They're, they they do not want he that. He wants one more match. Well, don't we all, Patrick? Don't he, we all? He wants one more match. We all want one more match. But sometimes you don't get what you want. That's true. And a lot of people didn't get what they want when Braun Strowman did not defeat Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is your universal champion once again. He is now the first two-time universal champion in WWE's glorious history with this belt, dating back all of, what, three years uh, with this belt. So, And we are now going to see him take it to UFC. And Yes, Daniel Cormier defeated... Uh, Black Beast, Derek Lewis, and now Daniel Cormier called out Brock once again, who was flying back from Saudi Arabia, so he couldn't make Daniel Cormier's fight to be there to personally accept the challenge. But this is Daniel Cormier's dream fight before he retires. You, you were going. I'm. Not, I wish I was making this up. You are going to see the UFC Heavyweight Championship up for grabs, defended against the WWE Universal Champion. I don't think the title will be on the line. I think it will. Because he says he wants to defend the title against him. Well, he wants and to John defend Jones. the UFC title. That's what I'm saying. WWE title won't be up for grabs, but still. Oh, I, th- I was thinking you were alluding that the Universal title. Oh, would dude, be on- if it was title for title, I'm all in on that shit. I would love to see that. But then D- Daniel Cormier would just then. Forfeit the title. Relinquish the belt. You just want to see that belt, one shoulder with that belt and one shoulder with the UFC belt. You know how awesome that would be? Well, that's the visual that they're having. And and if if Brock wins... If Brock wins, that's what they're going to get. Right. I don't know if you'll get get that with Daniel Cormier winning, but the UFC changed ownership a couple years ago. Massive sale. Uh, Zuffa LLC or Zufa LLC... Uh, was sold for billions and billions of dollars. So the ownership changed. It used to be owned by the Fertitta brothers, and they did not want anything to do with pro wrestling. I mean, they would have pro wrestlers in the crowd. They would they signed Brock Lesnar, but, I mean, he was a collegiate athlete. They really were not invested in pro wrestling. They didn't want, did not want that association. This new group that owns them has run into a problem where they don't have any really big stars and so their pay-per-view numbers have been down because they don't have you know Conor McGregor can't fight every month and they don't have John Jones who's suspended and they don't have all these stars that they used to have and so their numbers have been dropping and so now 
their ears perk up at the thought of having this cross promotion with WWE is what I believe. And I think WWE sees it also as a great opportunity because we talk about it all the time on here. Wrestling, not just the WWE, but wrestling in general always wants to be mainstream. We always want to be part. We don't want to be carnies. You know, we want to be part of the mainstream, just like everything else. We don't want to be a niche my personal, th- I mean, as much as I would love to see, you know, a co-brand champion, I want to see Brock get his ass kicked. Oh, well, he will. I mean... I want to see it. I mean, I literally want to see it. his head clean off, taps in a matter of seconds. I don't think he'll be tapping because DC's more of a wrestler. And, I mean, he could do whatever he wanted with Brock because DC is the greatest heavyweight fighter in UFC history, basically, up to this point. I mean, he went up against Stipe a few months ago, and I didn't think he was going to have the arm strength because Stipe was undefeated, but only had like 10 or 12 fights, but had really shown a really iron chin. And Daniel Cormier, with dirty boxing, like this uppercut, knocks him out at close range. And it all this hidden power like just blew my mind. He's undefeated. The only person that's defeated him is John Jones, twice. Yeah. Yeah, and outside of that, he's defeated everybody else that has come his way. Yeah, and he's remained an active professional fighter, whereas Brock has taken this detour back into pro wrestling. And there's a huge difference between being in training camps and training for pro fights than it is being pro wrestling training. Because pro wrestling training, what are you focusing on? Cardio, mainly cardio. Yeah, strength and cardio conditioning. And which I think will carry that's good for Brock if he can stay on the bicycle, for for instance, and just ride around that octagon and wear him out. Well, he's that's got to be his only only ammo. Well, Brock has not reacted well to getting punched in the face. So if he gets rocked, that's the end of the fight, basically. The one thing he does have going for him against DC is because Brock is so big, he usually has to cut weight to meet the heavyweight weight requirement where dc puts the weight on so he might actually come in drained that's actually a good point i haven't thought about is he's gonna have to cut to come down and fight that fight where dc will just come in at his game weight or whatever so that might affect his actual cardio and stuff but his actual size though his mass though if brock can just get on top of him and get full mount and just keep him grounded then He's not probably going to knock out DC or do anything like that, but he could ride him around for five rounds and walk out of there with a victory on the cards. Yeah. But that's the only way I see that going. And that's this is all very far out because Brock has to make it to fight day without failing a drug test. And 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 he's, after the fight as well. So he's he's slimmed way down. Well and these are big ifs. And yeah. DC also has to not get injured. He he fought his last fight with a broken hand and still won against Derek Lewis. So he needs to heal up, too. So both of these guys, uh, who knows if they'll actually make it to so, fight day. So are we going to – We is there a chance we may not see it, you think? Yeah, that is what WWE wants. That oh, definitely. Is, they want him to win this damn thing on a Sunday night, put his ass on a plane, fly him Monday night – Walk out on Raw, UFC title on one one uh, one shoulder, Universal title on the other, and Heyman gets gets the microphone and is able to just run every fucking person down. I think. Well, Daniel Cormier is such a huge pro wrestling fan that actually, either way, they'll get that result. They will get the UFC champion 
if they put the belt on the line, it's up to UFC to give the the final okay, probably. But DC would walk right in there. This is he doesn't think he'll get another John Jones fight. In fact, I think I read an article where he said he didn't even he wasn't that interested in it. Yeah, he's ready to retire, so he's going to retire from mixed martial arts at the end of this fight. So title, either way, title versus title, I'd love to see that. Either way, you're going to get the desired result of having the champ come out on Raw. And DC can talk about how he beat Brock, and, Bro- and Paul Heyman can say how Brock beat him, or whatever the case may be. So you're going to get the desired result. If they do title for title, and, and he comes out the very next night and relinquishes the belt live on Raw, and you have the Rumble or whatever it be for the title, is like, you know, there are other ways around it, but I would love to see title for title. That would be... Well, it's been a long time since you've had... Uh, you had cross-brand promotions in the past. You right, had, like um, Antonio Inoki and Muhammad uh, Ali. Inoki, Muhammad Ali. You had um, Gorilla Monsoon, Muhammad Ali. You had Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, even though that was a boxing match. But, but. Uh, cross, cross-branding events always draw, man. I don't care who it is cross-branding events because if you put a IndyCar racer and a NASCAR racer on the same track, you regulate their motors to where they can only max out at the exact same speed, and you only have those two cars race around the track, I guarantee you, you will sell out that entire track because people are interested. It's unique. It's different. It's a once-of-a-kind, once you know, once-of-a-lifetime type thing. It's a spectacle because even though they're not going to be doing anything different, like Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods are going to go one-on-one for like a pay-per-view event coming up, like golf golf tournament. Well, that, see, that's interesting. I'd love to, you know. Yeah, it's just something different. For, it, for shits and giggles, why not? Yeah, just settle the debate once and for yeah. all. Like, what yeah. if... If we had a time machine and we could just put Michael Jordan in a time machine and throw him on the court with LeBron James and just end the debate right there, you know, and just one on one, you know, like I, I'm kind of a, I, I look back at Magic Johnson and Larry Bird personally. I feel well, like they're more. You could see that. I mean, if you could see that, just one on one, just oh, to see. one more time, that'd be great. Yeah, like we were talking about before we started recording. If Roman doesn't get sick, then he's just retaining the title at Crown Jewel, and they're they're just going about their business. But when he got sick, I think they saw that opportunity with Lesnar. They uh, signed him for five more uh, appearances. Yes, he's going to work uh, the Survivor Series at least. The title's not on the line there, so he's got to drop the belt. So there's at least two guaranteed appearances. Right. And then whatever else the case may be. A it couple. goes. Uh, the timing of it, though, follows through. The timelines on, on it follows through. WrestleMania. So they could extend it more. Who knows? Five appearances between now and WrestleMania. I want to see title for title. I, I really don't think we'll see it. I think we'll see just the, US, the uh, UFC title up for grabs. But if we can actually convince title for title and Vince McMahon himself, now I'm dead serious, UFC Dana White walks out DC to the, to the octagon. Vince McMahon, a couple of guys, big name stars like Cena or whatever, walk out with Heyman and Lesnar to the octagon. Have company versus company. They could milk this shit for a ton of money. They they would make a ton of money because 
MMA fans would want to see Brock get beat, and wrestling fans would probably want to see DC get beat, or to see Brock get beat because wrestling fans <laughs> don't. A lot of them don't like Brock Lesnar. So either way, you're going to have the wrestling audience, and yeah. then the MMA audience would love the circus. And I love. MMA fans always shitting on Brock and when CM Punk tried to fight or whatever. Well, those guys draw big numbers, you know, when they yeah. fight for your promotion. So you can sit there and laugh and joke and say, oh, they do the fake stuff and they do this and it's bullshit what they do. Well, when they come in, your num- your numbers go up by half a million at least on pay-per-view buys. So Every, every couple of months I get into a debate with a fan. A f- and always I crush it right here and there. Does your you know, not pro wrestling's fake? It's bullshit. No, does your sport end when someone gets knocked out? Because mine doesn't. <laughs> yeah, Brie Bella can tell you that. Yeah. Mine keeps going. Yours is done. Yeah, and it keeps going even if you tear your pec right off the bone. Holy shit! Triple H always pulling these uh, we- muscles off his bones. I thought he was changing colors for a minute when I saw the picture. That that in all seriousness, that picture looks really painful yeah it, it looked severely painful and i believe he's torn a peck before and i think he has a couple times he's torn his quad twice he we know that off in damn steroids though that's exactly what it is because it weakens the immune system well, and weakens it, the joints it weakens your muscle tissue yeah that uh, shit is definitely true um i don't know if that's the case and you know that's allegedly uh what we would suspect but okay let's suspect i'll suspect it all day long <laughs> well, sean michaels for his age was ripped out of his damn mind yeah the pictures too, i saw well too bad he couldn't get any of the hair to grow back so uh, how in the hell are you telling me that well because they're part-timers they, they don't chiseled, have to take that a chiseled test. body of, of triple h's wasn't on the juice i mean let's be honest <laughs> well you wanted to look good, Patrick. In return, I had to look at pictures of Triple H's nipple all <laughs> over my timeline, all over our Twitter timeline. Dude, and Facebook, Twitter, social media outlets. I think this shit was on TMZ. Yeah. Like, it really was everywhere. And he's undergone surgery and now is probably going to miss Mania. And Yeah, because he ripped it. Which will be the first Mania he's missed since WrestleMania 23. Really? That's the only one he missed was the Donald Trump head shaving Thank year. God we get a mania without Triple H. Well, yeah. Well, especially, I don't make- mind it so much when he's, like last year, he was, that was the biggest part of WrestleMania was his involvement in the Ronda Rousey match was his yeah. match. Or, I don't, or 30 when it was him and Daniel Bryan. Well, that was the, the stepping op- stone. Right. I don't mind if the plan was to wrestle Batista, which was definitely alluded to at SmackDown 1000. I don't mind that as much. When part-timers wrestle part-timers and legends just do an exhibition match, you're not holding anybody back. You're not trying to... You're not like that year that we went to Mania a couple years ago and he wrestled Seth Rollins. I would have liked to seen Seth Rollins wrestle anybody else because he's an amazing performer and... It would have been great to see him perform with someone that can go at his pace. But he yeah, had like to a, wrestle Hunter like for a, 30 minutes. Yeah, like Seth and, and Balor was out injured at that time, but I would love to right, have saw yeah. that. He, I well, would he came loved, back the next night. They could have done okay, that. Yeah, I would love to have saw that, Balor and, and Seth, because that would have been great. That place would have been electric for that match. Yeah, or just any anything. So 
that's the kind of match with Triple H that that I don't look forward to. But <laughs> matches with Shawn Michaels as his partner and going up against Kane and Taker, I don't mind that. So we're going to talk about Raw here for a minute, but this one this one kind of goes hand in hand with the other one. Uh, I sent you a picture on uh, Facebook in Messenger about the SmackDown and how. The, ca- uh, the hard camera side was completely empty. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw that. That was in Manchester. That was... They and they did two nights in Manchester. They did Raw, and then they did SmackDown. And it, attendance numbers were at their lowest... Way down. Uh, in their quarterly report to their investors, their attendance levels at their live events are down to 2005 levels, I think. So, which... I wasn't watching the product then, so I don't even remember what was going on in the company then. Um, I was watching it. It was Carlito and... Ric Flair? Chris Masters and... Oh, that crop. Yeah. Yeah. And around around all that crap. Jesse and, and Festus was yeah, that 2005 yeah, or so. Yeah. They say they know what's wrong with live events and they're going to fix it, but I don't really know what to do other than... They really need to make them priced affordably, just between the cost of parking at the venue, coming into the venue, eating at the venue because you can't leave once you get in. Fucking You're there twenty four or twenty five dollars for a souvenir shirt is ridiculous. Well, I don't mind that so much because that's an optional purchase. But when you're like a father and a son want to go to a wrestling event, yeah, if you want decent tickets for even just a Raw or SmackDown. You're looking at $120 probably between the two of you because I'm going to guess $60 a seat, uh, you know, mid, mid-tier mid level seating yeah. if you don't want to sit in the nosebleeds. I'm guessing $20 to park. And I'm then I'm guessing you're going to have to eat at the arena because these shows run for four or five hours. Yeah. So you're looking at this day, you're going to come out around 250 bucks. Yeah. That's just not doable for TV. Not for t- today's economy in general. Right. Especially when you can watch it. At home. Anytime. Yeah, at the comfort of your own chair. Order a fucking pizza. Yeah, relax. And instead of spending 20 bucks for three slices, you can get 20 bucks for a whole damn pizza and sit there and watch the whole thing. And if they want to see live wrestling, then they can pay $10 and go to the high school gym. Yeah, the armory. And this isn't just a problem with WWE. This extends to music festivals, concerts, NASCAR. NASCAR, all of these venues Across the board, attendance has been down, even for concerts. Yeah, concerts, uh, football. I don't know. My boy uh, Garth Brooks drew a ton of fans. Well, there's a there's a certain level of yeah. superstar musician like uh, Paul McCartney, Billy Joel, Garth Brooks, those kind of guys that A-plus level, yeah. legendary, Hall of Fame performers. Yeah that don't perform that much, that they're not always on tour, and you don't know if you'll ever see them again. George Strait is coming to Atlanta. Right. Okay? The cheapest tickets, and I'm not making this shit up, the cheapest tickets, and that is back row nosebleed of the brand new Mercedes Stadium is $85. Wow. Yeah. There there are certain performers that can sell out venues because sometimes you don't know if you're going to see them again. Sometimes yeah. it's been a long time since they've toured. Yeah. But for regular touring acts, we know that the WWE will stop by our city once a year, maybe once every other year. 
at the at the least. Yeah, they'll do a house show, guaranteed. Guaranteed. You can go to How, Birmingham and see a Raw, or a Nashville, or Atlanta, or Atlanta and see a Raw, which is only two hours, pretty much any direction. And they do that at least twice a year, probably. Twenty bucks in gas. I mean, right? But yeah, you're asking a lot of me to go to to TV, whereas. If I'm going to drop that kind of money, well, then I'm just going to go to WrestleMania. I'm going to go to the big event because I can go to your Super Bowl basically for a little bit more than I could go to your throwaway TV show. That's exactly that is so true because I mean, you drop 200 bucks, okay? Say you save and you drop, you talk about it averages 250. Say you save and you drop 200 bucks. Now, this could be a family vacation, yes, so it's, it has to be some serious saving. It's not a last-minute purchase. But 200 bucks, and you're getting a decent ticket or couple of tickets for WrestleMania versus coming down here and sitting ringside. <laughs> yeah, at a house show. Yeah. Yeah, so I can go to Nashville or Atlanta and watch – you know, Rumble or Survivor Series or SummerSlam, whatever, you know, a pay-per-view of that nature. And it could even be a big four. Spend the exact same amount of money, 20 bucks in gas, and at least I might get to see a title change or some shit like that where yeah. you know good damn well you ain't going to see shit at a house show. Yeah, and they're running it all wrong. Now, I can understand you're world champion on rare occasions, but... How many fucking times did the Hardcore title change hands? It would be Monday and say, Hardcore Holly's the champ. The very next Monday, it's Al Snow's the champ, and you're like, what the fuck? And then they have to explain, like, well, he beat so-and-so this week in Saskatchewan coming to this, you know, mid-cards, tag team titles, IC, U.S. title. That shit starts changing hands more often at house shows. People are going to be wanting to pick pick up the pace and go again yeah, because you don't know. Yeah, when it's part of canon, when it's part of the storylines, or if they even shot angles yeah. that you that you saw showing up on Raw. Oh, th- this is what happened when we were at Chattanooga over the weekend. Oh, this vicious attack, and that yeah. plays into it. It's part of the storyline. I can get invested in that, and then maybe I can justify going to it. But just for an exhibition, just to say, oh, there they are. They used to start doing. They used to do that to some degree, and they've gotten away from that. And I think now, because like like we talked about, what's the point in going to a house show when you know you're not going to see a title change? There's no chance in the hell of a title change of any title. You're not going, you know, your fan favorites that aren't non-title champs are going to go over. It's a given. You, it's a, you know by looking at the card who's going to win and lose before you even walk in the door. And the presentation, there's, I have to give them credit for their house show presentation improving. At least now you get, you know, miniature Titan Trons. And yeah. You get a little promo saying, oh, after this intermission, I'm coming out here. So they have improved their production value on it, but it's like... Like everything else we've talked about, I can go to WrestleMania and get massive pyro and special entrances and special celebrity appearances and Hall of Famers, or I could go to this house show and see some of my favorite wrestlers wrestle a five-minute match, put zero effort into it, and leave. I've said it a hundred times before on here, and I'll say it again. I saw Carlito and Chris Masters take on Ric Flair 
and Shawn Michaels in the 2005 era at the McKenzie Arena at a house show here in Chattanooga. Then the month of the year before that or the year after that, I saw Ricky the Dragon Steamboat come out of retirement. This is, you know, prepping before the whole shit with him and Jericho for WrestleMania. Just out of a random, he comes out to do an interview, gets attacked, comes out of retirement. I saw Ricky Steamboat wrestle. I believe it was Carlito. The excitement of house shows, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, there's just not anything. What's the point in going? Yeah, I, I remembered even a few years ago when people thought Undertaker wasn't coming back, which is every year now. So it's hard <laughs> to keep track. This <laughs> this is it. This is the final time. So he had disappeared for a long time, and he popped up at a ta- t- uh, he popped up at a Texas house show. It was his first appearance back. Yeah, did his full entrance and just left. But that alone, the place probably went absolutely batshit crazy, and it was worth the fifty bucks or sixty bucks they spent. They got the something special. Yeah, ninety nine point five percent of the time, you will not get anything special. Or if you book for, say, you're running. Marietta, Georgia, okay, for a house show. You book Goldberg. He hits the music, hits the sparklers or whatever, comes out, hits a spear, hits a jackhammer, goes to the back. You paid him some money. It was a house show. The place went batshit crazy. One-time thing. But just incentive to get get people out there, get your numbers up. Yeah. And, yeah, so and on, on TV it's kind of the same way what's funny about the smackdown attendance in manchester was between the two shows that week last week smackdown had the better show of the two shows so yeah so the people that even though raw had more people at it it's it's funny that smackdown had less people showing up but 50 50 booking and star power isn't what it used to be and your biggest star john cena is not around at the moment and you're treating people who could be stars you're not giving them the proper push to get there at least on raw you knew oh ronda rousey and kurt angle will be out tonight i've got there's some superstars coming yeah and i love aj styles but he is not on the level of superstardom as those two are yeah well fan reaction wise true wrestling fans yes but regular non-wrestling fans that are watching just because oh man i heard ronda rousey went over to this thing i gotta check this out yeah they don't know you know but i mean it goes hand in hand with with a couple of my other things here brian pillman and we're we're gonna jump back to it this is not a case closed thing buddy of mine brian pillman jr did a uh an interview this past week where he said the old stars need to step aside and let the new ones take away now obviously he was just prepping for his uh him and Teddy Hart and the the new Hart Foundation to, uh, you know, they're just getting heat and it works. But he has some sort of, some sort kind of where that has happened, it hasn't. And where he's right, he's wrong. I feel like on Raw, if we see a Rock and Roll Express out of nowhere team up and challenge for the tag titles... It's a one-night thing. Well, that kind of thing used to happen occasionally. But when, when the hell have you seen it? The, head, the Headbangers. The Headbangers, what, was like four or five years ago showed up? 
I, I messaged, think it was two. It me- wasn't, we covered it in the podcast. Yeah, I, so. messaged, I messaged Mosh, and I was like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. He's like, yeah, it was a one-time thing. The place went crazy, and they talked about it for three fucking weeks. The Spirit Squad showed up. They did a I lot mean, of uh, get a, you know, Marty Janetti. <laughs> That's okay. They, I, I think it's best to avoid business with uh, Mr. Janetti. But I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far back as a Rock and Roll Express because, as a fan in 1997, I do remember the Rock and Roll Express showing up on WWF television. And I didn't really know anything about them, and they were presented poorly. And I but, think, but if it's in if it's a Raw or SmackDown here in, in you know in Nashville or here in the the South. You know where people know who they are. Well, yeah, yeah. You I, have to definitely calculate those it's kind going, of. It's going to remember when uh, who was it that was wrestling? He wrestled Vader and he wrestled Sid. What one, the Patriot? And he no. Um, oh, he's Slater. He's Slater. Oh, and yeah, all the legends. The whole up. legends thing, like once a week, and that was there the was opposite like, of the Randy Orton thing. There was a like two months there of where you tuned in to see who the hell is he taking on this week. That was exciting. They need to they need to bring that excitement back because I think it's more exciting. Yeah, for the for the fans in attendance, you know, yeah. at well, home. I, I think even at home because it's. It's like, like for me personally watching that, you know, I saw, you know, Lita kicks his ass and then like Vader comes out the next week and kicks his ass. Then Sid showed up and kicked his, and I was like, Road Warrior Animal. Road Warrior Animal came DDP. out and kicked his, Yeah. I was like, fuck, dude, this is awesome. Like I was invested in, I literally tuned in just to see who's showing up to kick his ass this week. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, yeah, you've got to build... New stars, and don't even think you always have to bring in legends. I just think you need to make you just need to make the event special, and you can do that on this uh, episode of Raw that we're going to review. It was very special because it had a, a theme to the night, and it had a a very rare main event for a Raw show. There was a Raw show that came when they used to actually do TV in our town. We had an Inferno match on Raw one time. <laughs> we did sometimes. Having those gimmick matches and just having some something, yeah, and promoting it in advance. As as of now, we just tune in and we just get what we're given. We're yeah. we're never they never say, oh, and next week we'll have this person, and this person in a cage. They might say this person, and this person will face each other, but they don't say they don't throw any steps. They 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 save all their steps for their pay per views now, but in the process, it kind of eliminates. They might do a stip for the dark match, say, oh, it's false count anywhere or something like that, but they don't seem to use uh, gimmick matches on their TV anymore. No, remember when Hell in a Cell first showed up? It was that on shit TV. was on Raw. It was. And it it like, didn't have a finish. But. No, but, I mean, it was exciting. You know, like you said, we had an Inferno match. This you're Russo's gonna s- Revenge. They had three cages stacked on Monday Nitro. You're going, this you're going to see a... a you know, spoiler alert, a TLC tag team match. Like, why can we not have that? Well, and what was great about this episode of Raw, we'll talk about it after news, but wow, it was just refreshing to see matches and not so much talking. Yeah. They were short, but it was still matches. It was entertaining matches. Um, Another reason that I, I am... Glad that they are making the change because killing the audience and killing the uh, the TV viewership was Leo Rush on the microphone through his matches. 
that he was involved in, which yeah, basically you're, was You're saying Lashley. he's the new Fonzie oh with the, the whistle. Dude, he was cutting off Michael Cole every two seconds. Renee finally just said, screw it, I'm going to talk over him. Because he was going, and they piped this into the crowd as well as on TV, and he just chants, Lashley, Lashley. And it's 500 times in a 14, 15-minute period. Well, they had done away with giving managers live mics after Abraham Washington made a uh, rape joke in 2012, and so I didn't think that they would ever return to this format. But I haven't seen this combination, but I have heard the complaints about the the Lashley chant or whatever. It, uh, what they've done with Lashley is... It, my- it forced me to change the channel. And you know how I feel about wrestling. That's how bad it got to me. What they've done with Lashley since he's been back is just a criminally underused uh, person. Yeah. And, to, and they, they probably paid a pretty good amount for him. And so... With all these guys that I say, oh well, they should they should just pack it up and leave. They must be getting some pretty good money out of this deal because they can't be creatively satisfied. Because on this past week's Raw, from what I hear, again I wasn't able to watch Raw, but Lashley decided to flex his ass cheeks for the crowd in Manchester. That's how they used this guy that was the apple of Vince's eyes, you know, at ten one, years yeah, ago at one point in time, and now is. Just another lost-in-the-crowd guy with this manager that uh, chants Lashley on the mic. And that's to me, that's worse than Sonny Ono. I was complaining about Sonny Ono on our last episode. I would rather have Sonny Ono taking pictures and not being a distraction and not doing anything, really, other than just standing there. He took away, he took away from Finn Balor to the point that I changed the fucking channel. Well, another guy that's been completely underutilized. Yeah. But I, I mean, just wonder what would have happened had he not gotten injured after that SummerSlam because they were going with him. They oh were man, all in. He was hot. Yeah. And then it just all went away. That was oh, it. He got hurt. His shoulder went, and that was, yeah. Never it's, have faith in him again. Jeez, man. You know what else someone doesn't have faith in? What's that? Drinking. Who Who doesn't want to drink anymore? Shockingly. Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, see, that's where you're wrong, Patrick, because I believe the character, because we are to believe that the characters are separate from their performers. Are characters are fictionalized, performers are real. Oh, okay. okay. So Terry Bollea and Hulk Hogan, not the same person. Okay. okay. That's why we're supposed to forgive. Somebody needs to tell him that. Well, that's why we're supposed to forgive Hulk Hogan, because that wasn't Hulk Hogan saying the N-word over and over again on a videotape. That was Terry Bollea. Okay. Terry Bollea is a jerk. So in this case, what I want to believe... Hulk Hogan's a jerk too, but okay. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely, 100% confirmed. (laughs) No, so the character of Stone Cold Steve Austin, we know that he doesn't bleed blood like the rest of us. He bleeds alcohol. He runs on pure grain alcohol. Steve Williams, It runs through his veins. Yeah, Steve Williams, who is controlled by Steve Austin at times. Now, that Steve Williams may, may have quit drinking, but Stone Cold Steve Austin cannot live cannot survive without alcohol but steve williams uh is apparently going to give up alcohol and doing ddp yoga and wants to uh change his life health wise even though 
from his appearance last time we saw him on television, he looks twenty five. He looked fine. He looked great. I yeah. mean, he's gotten a little bit bigger, but he's not an active athlete anymore. I never look at Mick Foley and say, "Oh, he's he's looking terrible." Mick Foley's looking great he's nowadays. Getting, oh God, he's getting great shape though. It makes me think he might be coming back for one. Of all the people, now that that Sean has broken our trust and our belief in the retirement system, yeah, Austin is the the. The next guy. The sword, no, he's the sword bearer of sticking to his promise of not wrestling. But he didn't really say that that was the end. It was just kind of a... Like well, he his vest said one more round. I mean, he didn't tell anybody. He could have cashed out. He, uh, If I was Vince, I'd be... And I've said this before on our podcast about other retirements, especially The Undertaker's. I'd say, Mr. Calloway, the moment you decide to retire, you better tell me in advance so I can make some fucking money off this. Yeah. It's not fair, and it's money. Or you and I. You yeah, and it's I. out of his pocket, too. Yeah. Say, so we're going to cash this out. Yeah, and so Austin, in, well, Austin had a very rocky relationship with the company right before that where he walked out, so he probably said, you know, fuck you, Vince. I, I don't want you to make you know any yeah. more money off of this. Yeah. Yeah. And then just quietly... Stepped away. Who, uh, it's been very well noted that week, though, that that match almost didn't happen because he was extremely sick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was in the hospital. So uh, that, the night it was before. literally, it was literally the pay per view had started, and they were writing ways to buy time to cut that match out. So, yeah, but, but he made it, and the rest is history. The rest but is history. He has uh, upheld his agreement, and. After WrestleMania in Dallas, when he didn't come back, when he was in the ring, standing next to Sean, who had put on his tights, when Mick Foley, who did not put on his tights, but I thought, oh, well, Sean's got on his tights. Did Mick ever wear tights? Well, Well, way back in the day. Yeah, 1996. Uh, But in that moment, I thought, well, if they're going to do it, that was the place to do it. Sean super kicks him. Just like The Rock did his last match where he just buried Eric Rowan in 30 seconds. These yeah. guys, they took out the New Day. I mean, they didn't pin anybody, but you could have rang the bell and right there, Austin came out of retirement, everybody. It happened. Yeah. And that would have been the moment to do it, I guess. But, I mean, they they should have promoted. I mean, if he was going to wrestle, they would have promoted it, I guess. But they're, they're, that moment has passed. And I, I think it, it's he doesn't have the desire to ever wrestle again. So I just, he's one that I actually buy it yeah. for some reason. I I did with Sean too, but this is wrestling. So never say never. Give it time. Yeah. Give it time. Yeah. He might be 80 coming out with a Walker, but he'll hit that stunner one more fucking time. Last, but certainly not least Jose Lothario, a man who is really underrecognized for his wrestling abilities throughout multiple territories and multiple regions worldwide, uh, passed away. Yeah, at the age of 83. He is better known, though, for training Shawn Michaels and then managing Shawn through the whole boyhood dream run oh, yes. in 96. Jose Lothario walking out to Sexy Boy is... I'm not trying to belittle. He had a long uh, career in the NWA. Had a losing streak of over 500 matches, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Hawkins has some work cut out for him to get over that 500 losing streak of Jose Lothario. But yes, he did train, had a hand in training Shawn Michaels and was a big part of uh, 1996 through uh, Rumble of 97 up until Shawn lost his smile and then he was quietly 
written off television, but yes, the the lasting image of me and Jose Lothario in in my mind, Jose Lothario is always walking out the sexy boy in his tracksuit <laughs> at WrestleMania 12. Well, and then also we saw it Mind Games. We reviewed it just a few well, weeks that's ago. Right. He came out and wrestled it. Uh, yeah. yeah, to uh, came out the sexy boy again to wrestle Jim Cornette. I uh, I put on the um, thing that I wrote for our podcast page. And condolences. I put a picture of his his old uh, NWA promo pic, and then a picture of his last match per se. Uh, to my knowledge, his last match, and that was at Mind Games, though. So, yeah, and his little uh, America tights. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, Jose Lothario, um, a very good addition to Shawn Michaels as as far as getting him over as your top baby face with the uh, the Rocky and Mickey relationship, basically, yeah. and those montages compared to Bret Hart swimming, sitting next to a pool, looking sad, uh, running and running snow. in the cold. Yeah, uh, that's my personal memories of Jose Lothario because that's the era that I grew up in and stuff, but. Yeah, passed away. Eighty three is a good number to get to. I I will be lucky if I get to eighty three. So yeah, me too. Um, but no, got to see him and uh, where you saw him and you know of him there. I know of him personally uh, for his run in world class, where he had just some a great you know some great matches there. He was actually able to go to each individual territory and have good runs, whether it be putting guys on the map or making fan favorites look loved or being a fan favorite himself. Yeah, wrestled uh, Gino Hernandez, who was very famous from World Class, and was mainly a mid-carder, upper mid-carder, and a tag team wrestler. Had a lot of tag team belts in uh, various NWA promotions and uh, runs with tag belts. But, yeah, trained Shawn Michaels, so... That alone is probably Hall of Fame worthy in my <laughs> eyes. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I do consider him worthy of the WWE Hall of Fame just for his. I mean, I and we hate that legacy wing. Okay, you and I bitch about it a lot, but he is worthy of the legacy wing in my eyes. Yeah, he he contributed the greatest in ring performer of all time to us. So, or helped. Helped craft the greatest in-ring performer of all time. So, and he worked that style himself, and so just not really given the credibility for his fast-paced, high-flying style that he did. But yeah, he will be missed greatly. This uh, is this is your pick. Moving. Oh forward yes, now. this is my pick because well, I didn't really want to watch a three-hour wrestling show, and I you're gonna hate me then. Well, it's okay. I can do it every once in a while, okay. but every now and then I need a break. All right, and I needed a break last week because uh, my allergies were not good, and so I wanted to uh, recuperate. My nose was like raw on one side, raw, yeah, which is what I picked for this week. Raw from October seventh, two thousand and two. It is raw roulette, baby. The very first edition of Raw Roulette from the Thomas and Max Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, on the campus of UNLV. Your commentators tonight, Jr. And the king, Jerry Lawler. This would be the first of, allegedly, they have done Raw Roulette, like, a number of times. I only remember two, but they've apparently done it... No, they've done quite a few. As recently as 2013. I remember at least four or five. 
This was stolen basically from WCW Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, which was Halloween Havoc. And so that's why I picked it, because we reviewed a Halloween Havoc, which made me think of Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, but I don't want to watch that. I want to watch something shorter. Eric Bischoff trying to make WWE WCW. Yes, make WWE great again. Eric Bischoff, <laughs> he came in and was in storyline, had all these ideas like HLA or... Okay, well, that's not a great idea. But no, okay. Three Minute Warning or... I enjoyed that one. I did not like Three Minute Warning. Uh, the Elimination Chamber. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. And then Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, Raw Roulette, which uh, this this edition was fine. I don't remember the future editions, so I can't really judge them. This, this one was, is probably the best one. The, yeah. Uh, as with most things, the first ones are usually uh, the best because you just remember them better. Sequels usually get worse and worse now, over time. Now, you told me that it has been made allegedly that the wheel is rigged. <laughs> well, uh, yes. Uh, I would say uh, I went into this episode believing that it was not rigged for this one, but it, it most certainly was in one segment because you see him stop the oh, wheel. Oh, yeah, he stopped it himself. Yeah. Uh, Which I'm kind of glad he did. But I had forgotten that the competitors weren't randomly selected, so the competitors were somehow pre-approved, basically, for the match. Yeah. The only thing that was up for grabs was the stipulation. All right. Which was odd because I wish the competitors were on a wheel. I wish you had a wheel with all the superstars next to it and you just had a crazy combination, which you did have some you odd. Had like, if you had like two wheels, okay, and like one on each side and you spin it and just random faces pop up and then you spin another wheel to determine the match type. Yeah, that's just going to take too much time, Patrick. We don't, we don't have that much time. Spin them both at the same time. This was when Raw was only two hours, so we had to... Uh, well, we got three hours now. We got a shit time to kill. Yeah, well, now we can have a whole week where we draft who gets to be on the wheel, and then we spin the wheel, and then the next week we have to disassemble the wheel, and then we pack the wheel up, and then we have a pay-per-view called The Wheel. Yeah. And everyone's tied to a wheel. <laughs> yeah. That's how they would do it now. Whoever breaks free first gets the championship. And then, then it would turn into a network special called... <laughs> and it would it would be a whole thing. So we start out, we don't get the normal Raw intro at first. No. Instead, we get shots of Las Vegas and Bischoff's face. This is the second appearance of Bischoff's face because this is when they used to show the Here Now Forever, the pre-roll or whatever, the WWE Entertainment. Yeah thing where they showed all their shows and oh we're so great but then they would always flash bischoff's face right before raw started which i thought was a great touch yeah but then this was a little too much because then we see las vegas raw roulette and we open with a live picture zoomed in on eric bischoff's face this man loves his face he does he has no self-confidence and his pitch black hair oh yes it's jet black hair we saw him lose his black hair in a Taboo Tuesday stipulation he where he had to have it shaved. He's as silver as a fox under there. And then he <laughs> experimented with the goatee, which he did dye black, as I recall, and had the gray hair. It was very, very well, I remember odd. WCW when he would just let his well, like, beard get long and have little gray spots in well, it, but he'd be jet black up top. When he came back with Russo in WCW, he was completely gray. Yeah. 
So we had already seen him, so it was weird that he... Yeah, why go back anyway? I'm sure it was a mandate by Vince. Just like Mysterio, we've seen you without a mask. Here's Put the a mask. mask back on. Yes, yeah. please. We like you better this way. We can sell money, sell masks and make money that yeah, way. Yeah, we can sell hair dye. Eric Bischoff, hair dye, www.shop.com. They were selling tank tops at one point in time for Seth Rowe, or... Uh, Eric Rowan and... Um, Luke <laughs> Harper. They had that's Luke, how... They had Luke Harper tank tops. They were and they were just regular Hangs tank tops that they had put in a Ziploc baggie and were selling to you. Well, B team shirts they were selling a few weeks ago were plain white T shirts with B scribbled in Sharpie on them for Actually, like thirty five dollars. You didn't even get to scribble it yourself. It was just that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, if this company had Eric Bischoff today, they would most certainly be selling Eric Bischoff hair dye. That'd be if awesome. he had black hair. That'd be great. He's with the Vegas Showgirls and this giant raw roulette wheel, and it had every type of stipulation. Some that never got explained. I saw like a blood splatter. I ex- I assumed that meant like first blood match or something, but I would like to actually see. Sometimes WWE posts stuff on YouTube of them going into the warehouse and pulling out props. I would love to see this wheel and see all the things we didn't oh, yeah. get to land on and actually remember all the stuff. What could have been, Patrick? Yeah. We could have had you know Trish and uh, Stacey Keebler in a Hell in a Cell match, perhaps. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Well, it would have been more awesome than what we got on here. I don't know about Evolution. that. Evolution. Evolution was not. Uh, the women's revolution, women's wrestling, not where it was. I, I kind of enjoyed their match. I'm sure you did. <laughs> He's got lots of choices on the wheel, including one that just says Bischoff's choice, which is no choice at all. That means why he's always got the choice. He's the GM. It's his choice to have well, the, the choice wheel. is took out of his hands tonight, so he could then say, you know what, no, we're going to put it back in my hands. He does have hot lesbian action on the wheel as How well. How do you have a match with that? I'm just curious. I don't. I think it was just a segment, I guess. Oh, okay. Wouldn't it have been weird if, yeah, and I think JR brings it up to King, what if you land on HLA? What does that mean for you? <laughs> and then a kiss my ass club spot, which I don't know who that, who... How? What would that have been? Because Vince wasn't there. They have to kiss uh, his ass. But is that something he wants? Or he I guess be he into does. That. I don't know. He wants it. He put it on the wheel. He got to make this wheel. He stayed up all night in his carpentry shop making this wheel. <laughs> he spins the wheel, and where it lands first is steel cage. But we don't know who's fighting in it. It's just steel cage. Okay, I love that. And then the Raw intro plays. So I'm like, immediately like, what's going on? Okay, there's a steel cage. You're hooked. Well, I'm hooked because that's the opening, the curtain jerker is a cage match. You're hooked. You're like, shit, I'm not changing channels now. Well, I I have to be hooked when I'm demanded to move to the music and play the fucking music, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're yelling at me to do that, I have to do that. Yeah. So it was the Union Underground theme song at this time. This is after the brand split, which we've covered. No, we didn't cover this year's brand split. We covered another year's, but 2002 was the first year of the brand split. JR and King are on the call, and they're watching at the World in New York. Remember WWF New York when they got the F out of there? Of all the names they could have chosen for this place, like World Wrestling Restaurant, they chose 
the world. Which, if you didn't know it was a pro wrestling restaurant, was that the idea? Is to try and get tourists that had no idea it was a wrestling restaurant and I then to so. sit down and then be like, what is a Triple H? Cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? So I guess that's why they named it The World. Which What's a was, big show steak? <laughs> which would later become a hard rock cafe, and I, I don't know what it is today. Really? I, it became I, a hard rock? Yeah, and they would do some events there, which really? was weird later on after... Yeah. They they just that was probably part of like the agreement of selling it or they something. They missed their spot, yeah. Booker T is our opening competitor for this cage match. Can you dig it, sucker? Yes. I can dig it, sucker, as Jericho would say later on. Who's his opponent? Well, I was hyped until well, it's the big slow. And he was big and he was slow and he was Paul White. And he was as, pissed. <laughs> He was pissed as he was clinging on to the last remnants of his head of hair. It was it was mere weeks away, I'd say, from completely falling off his head. He was out of shape, it looked like. He looked very grumpy to be put in this match. He's like, oh, I gotta climb tonight. Damn it. Gotta Damn climb it. the fucking cage. The I didn't ju- think he was gonna fit through the door, truthfully. Well, he didn't seem interested in winning the match. He didn't... I think, yeah, that might have been why he didn't want to go through the door. Most people want to win their wrestling matches. Big Show not interested in that tonight. The Giant, the Big Show, Paul White, has been upset since he lost a match to Jeff Hardy. He's so upset that he's in a match with Booker T. This would not be expanded upon later in the show, so this was just why he's upset. The only way to win this cage match is to escape... So this is a classic WWE cage match. And you can leave through the door or climb the fence, which why you would climb the fence, I still don't know. Don't ask. Well, I can 2K19 that they put the door winning back in. You can go out the door? Is yes. it a mini game to no. get out? No. What do you do? It's. I mean, it's. it slowly is a mini game, but it's, it's a lot Oh, you e- wear the door down yeah, or something? Yeah, it's like it's a lot easier. Okay. We'll have to play through it. JR mentions... The spin of the wheel will make the deal, as JR was there for spin the wheel make the deal back in the WCW days. Big Show misses a splash on Booker, but stops Booker from escaping through the door, and he chucks Booker against the cage. Big Show then ponders leaving through the door, but he says, nah, you know what, instead I'm going to go after Booker T again. So he tosses him against the cage, so I think, okay, well he's going to walk out now. No, he hits a back suplex on Booker, but Booker responds with a spinning heel kick, Big Show just throws him against the cage again. Then he ponders walking out the door for a third time and then actually says to the referee, no. So Big Show's strategy here, very confusing for me. He doesn't want to win. Doesn't want to win. Just wants to take out some aggression, I guess, on Booker T. But Jeff Hardy was the guy you're mad at. Poor Booker T. This is your old WCW friend. These are two WCW originals here. That is true. You know, I kind of got the hint of that when I was looking back. Most WCW originals that were originals, he kind of just stuck them together. And you'll see what I mean. Well, he we stuck the ECW guys together, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. So it was very much like, oh, you're not, if you weren't here before, then fuck you. You're pairing up with your old friend here. Yeah, yeah. So we get a big boot from Big Show, which puts Booker down again, and he walks on Booker. Jerry Lawler told Bischoff he would wrestle tonight. He wants to get lucky. On the wheel. He's a, he's a gambling man. Big Show decides to leave finally. He's changed his strategy. Now he's decided, I want to win. I want to leave. But Booker stops him and hits him with a heel kick, which 
puts Big Show wedged between the cage and the ropes, and then he gets hit with a scissors kick, and then Booker climbs the cage. Big Show then hits a scissors kick from the top turnbuckle to Big Show. He climbs, makes it halfway over the cage, but Big Show catches him, but gets low-blowed by Booker. Not a very face-like thing to do, Mr. T. On the turnbuckle, and then he crashes to the ring, and Booker simply climbs over the ring, cage, and escapes. And Booker T wins, and you think that's it. That was a successful match, and now Booker's just going to walk to the back victorious. But no, Chris Jericho's here to jump Booker T and throw him into the cage. I missed something here. I don't understand why. He's rocking a Fozzie shirt. He rips the top of the padded guardrail off and throws Booker T's face onto it. Booker blades from this, and Jericho just assaults him while saying, Who's the sucker now, you son of a bitch? Booker T! Jericho says he's not a sucker, and that's it. He walks off, so yeah. I'm lost. Like, I don't know. This there... could have used some explanation, yes. Commenta- commentators, J.R. King let me down here. I needed some help. Booker apparently cost him a shot somehow at the Intercontinental Belt, I think is what he explained later. But they didn't show highlights of it. They didn't do a raw rewind where they showed us. Right. Tuning into this um, 16 years later, it's just random attack. Yeah. We cut back to Bischoff. He's in the back with his wheel. Hurricane, get it? It's Hurricane Helms and the current Knox County Mayor, Glenn Jacobs, Kane. They're the tag champs, and Kane is the IC champ as well. And he's going up for Triple H's world title in two weeks. So he could have all the gold. You know what you were leading me into, right? What's that? We find out at the end of this. Oh, yes. If he had only known what was about to happen to him, he wouldn't have been so happy here. This was brutal. Well, Bischoff says, you guys, you're all about greed. And greed has its consequences. I guess Kane is greedy because he wants, I don't know, championship belts because he's a wrestler? That makes you greedy, apparently? Kane, you fit right into a town like Las Vegas. I mean, think about it. You and Hurricane... You're world tag team champions. You're the intercontinental champion. And now at no mercy, you want to take the world heavyweight championship away from Triple H? At no mercy, I will take the world heavyweight championship away from Triple H. Yeah. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You're all about greed. But greed has its consequences, just like Las Vegas. So tonight, you two are going to put your tag team titles on the line. And let's just spin the wheel and see what kind of a match you're going to end up in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. T-L-C. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh, my Holy Mick Foley. (laughs) Now I'm going to decide who your opponents are in just a little bit. But in the meantime, I want you two to know that I wish you the very best of luck tonight. You know who was all about greed? WCW, because they had a pay-per-view called Greed, by the way. They did. Greed has its consequences, so he spins the wheel and, uh uh-oh, Hurricane 
is going to be in a TLC match. I thought it was just going to be against one team because Bischoff didn't say, oh, it's against a number of teams. Yeah, no. He just said, TLC match, see you later. Okay, and I'll pick your opponents. Okay, thanks. Kane says, luck is for losers. Well, luck is for winners, Kane, because you won your election, so you had some luck there. Booker, still being scooped up. Ten minutes later, this man was still being scooped up. After a commercial break and a segment in the back, he's still being scooped up from the ringside area. We come back from break, and Terry Runnels is an interviewer. A very short-lived moment in Raw history. As Terry, they didn't have anything for her to do anymore. She wasn't that great of a wrestler. They couldn't think of pairing her with anybody. Goldust is still back on the card, but yeah, we can't put them together. Yeah, Well, I mean, it would have been awkward, I guess, at this point, because they weren't divorced for that long here. So she interviews Chris Jericho. She says, Chris, why did you do that? Chris just says he's tired of being overlooked, and yeah. And Goldust said that Fozzie sucks, and that made him really mad, too. Oh, that's why he attacked Booker. He attacked Goldust's friend, Booker T, because Goldust insulted Fozzie. I think is the logic. Why the fuck did he just attack Goldust? <laughs> yeah, he could have very easily later d- done exactly that, but he had his friend Lance Storm do it instead. Booker called him a sucker, and he lost the IC belt to Kane, which cost him the match at the pay-per-view. He has Booker's blood still on his hand, and he says, that's what's going to happen for anyone that doubts me. I am not a sucker. He's very... I'll give you a reason, you little ass clown. The reason is this. I'm sick of being treated like a second-class citizen. I'm sick of being overlooked by all the jackasses around here. A couple weeks ago, Goldust tells me that my band Fozzie sucks. Fozzie doesn't suck. We are huge rock stars. And on top of that, last week, Booker T accosts me on my way to the ring and calls me a sucker, which then subsequently causes me to lose my intercontinental title to Kane and lose my shot and no mercy to once again become the world champion. Well, you know what? You see that? That's the blood of Booker T on my hands. And that's what's going to happen to any jackass who insults Chris Jericho from now on. Because people are forgetting what I am. The very first undisputed champion. The undisputed king of the world. And most importantly of all, a very dangerous and unbalanced individual. And one thing that Chris Jericho is not, and never will be, is a sucker. I am not a sucker. Very, um... He's not Halloween candy. Very emphatic with making sure it was sucker and not sucka. Because that's how Booker says it. Uh, we come back from break, and Bischoff is in the back with Triple H. Time for what your world champion will be doing tonight. It's not just any champion, it's Triple H. He's going to uh, be in a blindfold match. Yes, what I think it was was that Triple H said, I want to do the least amount of work possible tonight. Could you please make that happen for me? And the wheel magically landed on the blindfold match, the infamous blindfold match. He had the easiest run of his entire life with Bischoff being general manager here. Oh, yes, he had the belt handed to him to begin with. The whole And then thing held stu- the damn thing for five years. That's correct, yes, and would dispatch of Booker T at this upcoming WrestleMania in five minutes with one pedigree. So, yeah. 
Oh, speaking of one pedigree, we're going to see that later. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H doesn't like the blindfold match for some reason, and Ric Flair says, calm down, champ, calm down. Flair then introduces Mandy and Sandy, some girls of the town, some girls of the evening, who will be in Bischoff's suite tonight. No. Blindfold match. It better be with one of them. I'll tell you that. Blindfold. Do you know how dangerous it is to have a match where you can't see? What are you thinking? I'm the world champion, Ooh, man. Yeah. You can't tell. Hey, 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 hey. Calm down. You can handle it. I know what this is about. You're trying to keep me away from Kane, right? It's not going to do any good. I guarantee you this. Before this night is over, Kane's life will never be the same again. Hey, you're the man. It'll be all right. Hey, don't worry about the champ, Eric. It'll be all right. But before you choose his opponent, let me introduce you to Mandy and Sandy. Come on in, ladies. <laughs> Mandy and Sandy went up on a little demonstration of what's going to be waiting for you in your hotel suite tonight. <laughs> oh, no, oh, don't give me too much. Save it for right later HLA, on. JR! <laughs> HLA! So thanks. This married man, Eric Bischoff, is going to <laughs> cheat on his wife tonight. So thanks for spoiling that, Rick. He is he is strictly trying to grease the, the go- wheels. Yeah. Getting for- the good graces. The guy already handed you the championship belt. <laughs> He's in your corner. What the fuck more can he do? <laughs> William Regal comes in. This is like a cavalcade of wrestlers coming in the office now. William Regal is very upset. Over these stupid gimmick matches. He does not find this to be funny or fun. Goldust also walks in now. Time for them to spin the wheel. They land on Las Vegas showgirl match. What the hell could this be? Oh, it means you have to dress like a Las Vegas showgirl. Isn't it nice Ric Flair just brought in two showgirls? That is... What a coincidence. Well, Regal is not happy with this. Are you bloody mad? Have you lost your marbles, lad? A steel cage match? A bloody TLC match, the world champion in a bloody blindfold match. Listen, I'm a gentleman. Unlike some of the Torags around here. Please don't spin the wheel. Just make my match a respectable wrestling match, please. Sir William, you know the deal. The rules are the rules. Let's just uh, give it a little spin and see what you're going to be doing tonight. Oh boy. Regal versus Golda, what will it be? What will the stipulation be? What? I like the sound of that one. I suspect you two lovely ladies will be accompanying me after my victory. No, no, no. I think you get it wrong. What that means is you're going to end up wrestling dressed like a Las Vegas showgirl. What? I love it. Wait a minute. Your country has a queen. Now you can be one, too. And we go to break. And we come back to a Batista promo. Oh my goodness. You talk about jacked. This man, this he, man's promo video was... Is this before Reverend or after Reverend? I think this was after Reverend. This was his reintroduction. Okay. His introduction to the Raw brand. He was... He was no longer in the ministry of whatever. He was no longer in Devon's ministry, so he had he had sacrificed the church for the gym. It appeared, yeah, and maybe for a little uh, help. A little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Control me. 
Nobody controls me. The chain is off, and it starts now. As this man was yoked. I mean, this guy, Triple H and Vince, must have just been, oh, my gosh, oh, jeez. Which, by the way, today I watched some of, it's on YouTube. I didn't know it was. For years I have missed out. But I watched part of the WBF's second pay-per-view because there were only two. Really? And I watched, it's on YouTube, and I watched about 15 minutes into part into the second one. And Vince is losing oh, his Vince, fucking mind. <laughs> I want to make a soundboard of just Vince losing his mind, but just the gimmicks they would give these bodybuilders to do yeah. were so stupid. The first guy came out in 2018. This doesn't hold up well. He comes out with a machine gun, Patrick, and is attacked by, like, ninjas. And so he shoots them with this gun, with this fake gun. He aims it at them very poorly because he's a muscle man. He can't even get his arms close he's enough to be, his... He's got to be buff and like hold it way out Yeah, here Yeah, like... exactly. He's Rambo. Yeah. And so he shoots all these ninjas and then goes into his posing routine. <laughs> and then he... Well, yeah, so he sets the gun down, goes into his posing routine, and they're just ah, ah, losing their minds. Bobby Heenan, by the way, could not be... Less interested in this event. Is this worse than Nitro Heenan? Like, is this? He is very disinterested. He yes, because he's do, he does his bit when he's always disinterested, like in the Rumble, and he's just like, "That's my pick right there." Yeah. So, like the first guy, that's his pick. The next guy, that's his pick, and he doesn't really say anything. He's just kind of sitting there, and that's so funny. he's just not interested. But it's Vince and this other bodybuilder guy are the main commentators. So after this guy gets done doing all his posing, which I don't know how you're supposed to judge any of this. It's very strange it's to me. I think the flex and the, the curvature of the muscles, the sculpting of the body and the muscles, the muscle tone as you pose, I believe so. I've never looked at com- uh, competitive bodybuilding before. Yeah, I would say most of us don't because it's – and obviously it's not very – very profitable business as Vince McMahon would find out and then he would go on trial for steroids about a year later so that happened well this this was probably why <laughs> this is a big hint that you might be up to something big, but anyway a big question mark right so after the guy does all his posing and stuff he picks the gun back up and more ninjas come out and he has to shoot his way back out of the arena basically and then the second guy, I've only made it to the second guy. He was, uh, the first guy was Rambo. The second guy was Top Gun. He was a fighter pilot. So, <laughs> but he, his montage sucked before, cause they all had like promo packages that aired before they would walk out. <laughs> the first guy's was only about like 30 seconds. It's just him walking through the jungle. Dang. Yeah. And then he, then he does the stuff on stage. This guy had to sit in an airplane in a jet. And this poor guy probably couldn't fit in this thing and they had to make it look like he was flying so they used like government footage of a jet flying and he's got like the thing and he blows up another jet like he takes down a jet for his actual on stage thing the only part that was like 
aviator related is that he had a woman come out and direct him with those orange cone things. As he's walking out. Yes. Yes. That's what they did. And boy, the second guy was all mass from up above and had like no legs. No legs. But he was so wide up top. It was just crazy. And it's really something to check out. Ever since we did that that pay-per-view with Jeep Swanson. Oh yeah. Okay, so I checked into that, and like some of these guys, like they're they're they get so big, their arms literally explode. Yeah, like they split open. It's extremely disturbing. Yeah, that's and well, I was looking at him. I felt sorry for him because you you've talked about this when you've seen Scott Steiner or whatever when he was at his most Papa pumped. He couldn't get his arms to his side. Scott, and he can't straighten his arm. Yeah, what a sad... He can't, he can't go past that. He literally cannot straighten yeah, his Yeah, because the muscle blocks you from it, coming it, the in. The tendon there actually keeps him, and he can't go past that. Triple H is out next with Ric Flair. This is when Flair was... Uh, Age is catching up with him. He needs to slow down. Well, yeah, Vince <laughs> wanted him to slow down and not wrestle and just be a manager. This would not sit well with Ric Flair, and Triple H would have to I was talking about Triple him. H, but oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. The pectoral <laughs> To tear it that bad in a match against The Undertaker, who's even slower and older than you. And and you know Kane wasn't... He was going half speed. Oh, well, Kane's always been a very light puncher, you know? He's, I, a, he's an easy work. Yeah, he doesn't ever... He never looks like he's working real stiff no, with anybody. He's never. very gentle. Yeah. He's a gentle giant. Yeah. Because he... Self-preservation. I mean, there's a reason he's lasted so long. It's because he doesn't want to hurt himself either. He's actually so, able to stand upright and... Yeah, Walk normal. He's got and, yeah. a county to mayor. Yeah, um, for Triple H to tear his peck in a in such a low impact, slow match is yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's not like he was in Hell in a Cell with Mick Foley going full speed or anything. This is it wasn't him and Randy Orton or him and you know Finn Balor or something. It wasn't a high him and Seth Rollins. It wasn't a fast paced type. Now, that's the danger. Maybe he needs to go that fast, Patrick. Yeah. Triple H is out next with Ric Flair, and it's a non-title blindfold match as the champion is going to get to go home early, we think. No Mercy is brought to you by Subway, Eat Fresh, and Forget Jared Fogle. Triple H is going to fight D'Lo Brown. That's right. It might as well have been a wheel to get this odd combination as this was uh, D'Lo here trying to... Make a little bit of a comeback, I guess. That wouldn't last. I literally thought he was gone by this point in time. I had forgotten, though, that he did do house shows here in, in Chattanooga. Appeared on television in 2008 on Raw and beat Santino Morella, but then got cut in January of 09. So this isn't his return. But, yeah, I would have thought he was gone by now. Yeah. He was released in February of 2003, so not long. For this WWE. So D'Lo Brown, who would be released in early 2003 here in some of his last uh, last matches. And what a way to go out, Patrick. You're looking at the real deal now? I, I don't think so. Not blindfolds, but black sacks. Is this what they used for the Jake Roberts blindfold yeah, match are, against these, Rick Martel? This is what you use for all, bl- all blindfold matches, yes. Okay, well... Uh, it's, a, it's like a, TNA should have learned in their infamous match with uh, Wildcat Chris Saban, where their blindfolds fell off and they were wearing sacks on their heads. 
So well, they had drawstrings. Did this one? These uh, those these had drawstrings. Yeah, the ones in TNA did not. No. Oh, well, that's those, a problem. It's like a Crown Royal bag, basically, <laughs> with a drawstring. Yeah, I don't drink, but I've seen them, and so that's the way I would explain it. Yes, Flair is screaming, telling Triple H exactly where to find D'Lo. So Triple that's, H, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I don't know what Triple H was worried about. <laughs> yeah, why was he so concerned about this? They bump into each other and punch at the air. They finally lock up, and Triple H shoves D'Lo into the corner. Then D'Lo slips out of the way, and Trips locks up with the air and bounces off the turnbuckle. D'Lo nearly slugs Earl Hebner as Earl has to say, Hey, I'm Earl, to D'Lo. Triple H finds D'Lo finally, kicks him, sets him up for the pedigree. One, two, three. But D'Lo back body drops out of this one, hits the sky high... But can't cover Triple H. Can't find him. Can't find him. Doesn't know where he went. He just put him on the mat. Can't find him. Title for the, for grabs here? No, non-title. Non-title. Flair tells Triple H he's going to distract the ref. So that allows Triple H to simply pull his blindfold up and pedigree D'Lo and win the match. But Triple H's comedy in this match was pretty good. When he had D'Lo in the corner, he pointed the finger at... at oh, he's like sitting there telling him off and shit, yeah. and D'Lo's halfway across the other side of the ring. It's It actually is pretty entertaining. Well, yeah, I thought this match was pretty fun because Triple H, outside of the DX comedy stuff, you know, as a heel, he was never a comedic heel. He was a serious, right. I'm going to crush you heel. He wasn't... The Miz, you know, right, he right. was very, very serious. So for Triple H to have show off some comedy heel antics here was, I thought, pretty good and pretty rare. So I liked it. I liked this match a lot for a TV match. The crowd enjoyed it. This crowd was hot for everything. They didn't do a damn thing either. I know, and that's that's always the moment when you get the most with the least. That would, I mean, they didn't do a fucking thing. They took one bump. Well, D'Lo took one bump. Yeah. Well, D'Lo took a few bumps. No, Triple H took a back body back drop. Back body drop. D'Lo took the pedigree. There you go. That was it. One apiece. I swear to God. They took one bump, and that was go home, get paid, bam. It's easy night's work. Yeah, well, I mean, Triple H had to stick around for the end of the show, of oh, course. Oh, Lord. Bish- I, I knew there was something about this, because it was like 2002, right around here. Oh, yeah. Like, I had it on the tip of my tongue, but I was a little worried if it was. Oh, I I saw my watch history, and I saw that those Raws from around this time, and I, I knew what was coming. I didn't know that this was the start of it. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff is talking backstage with Bubba. Jeff Hardy and Christian, and probably apologizing for separating them from their tag team partners. But no, he's saying, hey, you guys should be in this TLC match because you've been in TLC matches before. Christian says no. Bubba says no. Jeff just stands there. Eric says, you each get to pick your own partner. Hey, think about the possibilities. So then they all agree to it, apparently, and they leave. Tag team titles are up tonight in a TLC match. And who knows more about a TLC match than you three guys? What? But hey, how could it get any better? Who knows more about tables, ladders, and chairs than you three guys? Come on. Do you have any idea? What you're asking of us? I'm not doing it. Well, the hell you're not. You'll do it, or you'll get suspended. Hey, 
But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I feel your pain. I know how tough this is. Relax. I'm going to give you each a chance to pick your own partner. But you better hurry. Isn't this great? Sadistic. It sure is. <gasps> Viva Las Vegas, Eric. Oh, my God. <gasps> the Showgirls match is next. Then it's time for our Showgirl match between Goldust and William Regal as Goldust comes out shockingly dressed as a showgirl but the showgirl stuff is over his full body suit. This was a man in 1998-97 that was walking out in very strange outfits when he was teamed up with Luna and he was the artist formerly known as Goldust, was in bondage shit, (laughs) was in bra and panties, was in thongs, was in all sorts of stuff. Tonight, Dustin, tonight you don't... Wear your regular shit and just just throw this over it. it. Instead, William Regal, of all people... The Carney, the original Carney. He went all in tonight. The last surviving Carney. Yes, and he came out looking like a beautiful showgirl. Looking like Mae Young the here. Lipstick and all lipstick, of it. Lipstick, earrings, everything. The low cut bottoms. This man went all in on this match. He was not going to disappoint the stipulation. Goldust hits the rear view, sets up for Shattered Dreams, but doesn't hit it. Which would have gotten him DQ'd anyway, so it's probably a good thing. Landstorm runs down, distracts the ref and Goldust, and Regal hits him with Nux, dances a bit, as a showgirl would, and then pins Goldust. So there you go. <laughs> well, these matches are short. They are. And so... But they are very conclusive. Yes. We go backstage with Terry. Terry asks Christian, who... Will your partner be tonight for the TLC match? He says, not the Un-Americans, even though he's wearing an Un-American shirt. He says he won three TLC matches all by himself. All by himself, Patrick. Didn't have any help. None. Jericho interrupts and says he won a TLC match, which they don't seem to remember. I've never seen this match. I don't know what he's talking about either. So, good luck. I didn't want to Google it, so sorry. That's what you, the listener, are there for. You can go look it up. Look it up and let us know. Jericho says they should team up to get revenge on Kane. They shake hands and say, okay. And they're in the match. We have our first team to go up against Hura Kane. Now, Jericho, earlier in the night, expressed how much he wanted to be in the main event picture. Why would he want the tag team titles I don't know. Because then you got to show up to all the house shows as the tag champ. It's the main event. Not quite. It is for tonight. It is for tonight, but not... uh, The tag team division to this day is not the main event in WWE. Can you think of... Well, we just had one. Never mind. Bad example. I was going to say, can you think of a a tag match where it closed the pay-per-view or show? And we just had one happen. (laughs) Trish and Stacy are backstage... The wheel's already been spun for them. They're in a blank on a pole match. And Bischoff gets to fill in the blank as somewhere Vince Russo was watching this. And He's just, loving this shit. This was, his, this was a tribute. This whole night was a tribute to Vince Russo. And actually, it really showed Vince Russo 
how you can do all the stupid shit you like to do but and make right. it okay. Yeah. And not make it so smashed together like he did with Nitro because this was organized chaos. It was chaos, but it was organized. Yeah. So there's something on the pole. What's it going to be? It's a paddle on a pole. I was like, what, for a boat? Are they going to have to row a canoe to the up to the Titan Tron? No. The winner will get to use the paddle on their opponent, but Bischoff says, that's not enough. Double or nothing, gals. Spins the wheel again, and I swear Bischoff just grabbed the wheel. He does. He grabs it. And grabs it to stop it on. Immediately stops it. On bra and panties. Bra and panties. So now it's a bra and panties paddle on a pole match, which has Vince Russo written all over it. Absolutely. You can, once you strip your opponent... Down to her bra and panties. You simply get the paddle. You get the paddle. To do with what you will. And then spank her. Yeah, no climbing for the paddle. That doesn't matter. That won't win you the match. Oh, no, that won't win you the match. So, as they leave, Eric says, Spanks a lot, Stacy. Get it? Yeah, because it's paddling. Ladies, your match tonight for the women's world title has already been decided. It's right here on the wheel. What? It's blank on a pole. It's a blank on a pole match. And see, I've decided to make the blanket. Why don't we make it a paddle on a pole match? Yeah, for the woman's world title. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Trish. I know what kind of a competitor you know you are. I mean, I know how much it means to you. So I'm going to raise the stakes just a little bit. We're going to go for double or nothing. How's that sound? Oh, you can't do that. Yes, oh. you can. Double or nothing. Watch me. Okay. It's already paddle on a pole in it. Hey, did you cheat? I did. Me? Cheat? And look at this. It's a brawn panties match. Yes! Okay, so we got a brawn panties paddle on a pole match. Here's how that's going to work. See, the first woman to strip her opponent down to brawn panties becomes a woman's world champion. And she gets to use the paddle to spank the loser. Woohoo! Fine. Thanks a lot, Stacy. Bubba goes to the locker room and finds Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer had an easy night of work tonight. He didn't do shit. So he's sitting there, and Bubba says, Tommy, I worked with you before. You're my partner. Tommy's like, yeah, man, sure thing. But poor Spike Dudley, his own brother, his own flesh and blood of Bubba is sitting there, and he's like, well, I want to be your partner, Bubba. I saw what you and Devon did, and and I, I just was hoping that one day you and I could have that bond. Bubba says, okay, Spike, you can be the partner. And Tommy's like, yeah, go get him. Go and get him, sits, champ. sits back down. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> Good night of work. Dreamer is paid and going to the house. Yeah, and he, I mean, he showed up in his gear, didn't yeah. even get to work. I'm sure he was probably on Velocity or whatever that week. Some, some whatever it was like Sunday dark, night heat. Some dark match. Yeah. A stagehand makes Stacy bend over to tie her shoes so he can look at her butt on her way to the ring. So it's, well, you don't want no. We don't want her to slip and fall and possibly hurt herself. Well, she's got long legs, so if she fell over, she's falling from a very tall height. That's why it's very important that she tie her shoes. It's time for our paddle on a pole, bra and panties, pandemonium match here. Stacy jumps Trish at the bell. 
She slams Trish's head into the women's world title. Ouch. Keebler uses her long legs to choke Trish in the corner. By the way, women's world title on the line in this match. Yes. Triple H, nah, didn't have to put his title on the line in nope. this match. Keebler uses her long legs to choke Trish in the corner, and the camera gets some uh, shots that Jerry Lawler was very, very fond of. He was here. enjoying this match tremendously. Tr- Trish chops Stacy, but gets a big boot to the face. Trish tries the stratisfaction, but gets put in the half tree of woe from the second buckle. They both lose their tops in this moment when they rip them off of each other. Trish chops Stacy, rolls her up, and pulls her pants off. And who wins, I guess, all the 12-year-old boys in the crowd that night as Stacy <laughs> no longer had any pants on. Stacy, though, not satisfied with this result, kicks her, Trish, and grabs the paddle. But Trish wakes up, snapmares her, takes the paddle back, and spanks Stacy as Charles Robinson gets a very, very close view of the action. Not saying he meant to, he's just doing his job as we had... Something you will not see a highlight of in Stacy Keebler's Hall of Fame introduction uh, when when that when that day. I don't comes. see that ever happening. Well, if it does, this will not be a part of that. It won't be shown on next year's Evolution card either. Which, by the way, we didn't get a chance to talk about the after Evolution, but I thought that was probably my favorite show we've watched this year from the WWE as far yeah. as top to bottom. Delivery. I mean, and it wasn't a bunch of bullshit talking. It was matches. Yes, and uh, pretty well done overall. Yeah, I have really no complaints about it. I liked it. I didn't. Some of the parts about when when the women would come on and talk about either their role in creating yeah. women's wrestling or how much they love the event. Some of it was genuine. Some of it felt a little forced, and so I didn't care for some of that. The genuine stuff was fine. It's just when I. The company just overdoing it. Yeah. So I really loved Evolution. I just wanted to make mention of that. I didn't want to uh, skim over it. Trish leaves with her belt. She's in the aisleway. And Victoria arrives, and they start brawling. Victoria brings Trish into the ring, and she hits a moonsault. A much better moonsault than Lita, by the way. This one looked much safer. Hits it perfectly to Trish. Drags Trish out of the ring. Throws her into the steps. And that's that. Done. So no one got any heat here. No one. Coach is with Jeff Hardy, who is covered in paint. Hey, Jeff, who are you going to pick? Jeff simply just looks in the room closest to them. And then RVD stumbles out, says, tables, ladders, and chairs. Dude, yeah, I'm in. Dude. Great. Dude, whoa. (laughs) TLC, totally. Okay. right back in. Yeah. (laughs) That was it from the both of them. Why does Jeff Hardy want to be in this? He should be a single star by now. I mean, they separated the Hardy boys. And here you are right back going after the Matt's going at it, man. V1, baby. We come back from break and Coach says to Victoria, why did you do that? Victoria says, Trish will realize what this is all about. Ask Princess about her past. The things she's done. She knows the truth. I don't have no idea. 
I don't know either. This this is very reminiscent of an angle they would be doing on the male side of the roster, too, <laughs> based on the tease here. They must have had both in mind. Maybe it was supposed to be Trish and Kane. I don't know if they followed up on this or not. I think her big revelation was just that Trish held her down or yeah, like slept that. her way to the top or something. It was something like that. We come back to the ring and Test is already in the ring. Andrew Martin. He's here to fight... Al Snow, who shows up from nowhere. He's been filming Tough Enough 3, and this surprises J.R. and King. Bischoff pops on the Titantron and says, Hey, welcome to Raw, Al. And then he spins the wheel. It's a Las Vegas street fight, and everything you need is right under the ring, boys. So immediately, both men go for the plunder. Tess smacks him with a sign. Snow crotches Tess on the ropes, hits him with the big big Vegas dice right to the balls. Tess hits him with a stop sign as he comes off the top turnbuckle with a little handicap parking sign. It was a battle of street signs here. Tess eats a drop toehold into a garbage can for a near fall for Al Snow. Al Snow takes a trash can lid shot and Tess near- nearly wins from this as he lit him up from like the outside. Uh, Al Snow was on the apron and Tess just demolished him with the trash can lid. USA chance against Test as he was part of the Un-Americans, uh, but had defected, I think. Test tries a superplex onto a garbage can, but Snow shoves him down into it and then hits a crossbody on it for a two-count. Test tries a power bomb, but gets hit with a trash can lid that Al Snow picks up on the way up. Al Snow finds a bowling ball bag, and the crowd starts going nuts because they wanted something to be in that bag, Patrick. And Al Snow would give the biggest letdown of the night to these fans. As he opens the bag, he puts on a strange bowling shirt. It was a bowling ball bag. Yes. But what came next, I thought, was going to be the return of his precious mannequin head. Yes. Which even, I think, Jerry Lawler says, Oh, we know what's in that bag, JR. We know what's in that bag. So this was a massive bait and switch as he pulls... Just a bowling ball out. And instead of rolling it like they normally used to do into Yeah, he the was going to roll it into the crotch of yeah. him. Instead, he demolishes Test in the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. One, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> Congratulations. But the crowd was deflated, seriously, after not getting that mannequin head out of that bag. I could hear the air let out from Las Vegas. They wanted their mannequin head. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's in a song. It's what everybody wants. It's what everybody needs. Raw is brought to you by The Ring. The movie, not the WWE ring. Castro GTX and Greyhound Buses. The King and Stevie Richards are in the ring. Time for them to spin the wheel and make the deal. The wheel lands on something called It's Legal in Nevada, which... You know what's legal in Nevada? Well, I believe in 2018, I think they just changed their marijuana laws as well. So there's a lot of things starting to become legal in well, Nevada. Well, what at this point in time, what was legal in Nevada? As we would find out... It would be the hoe train. It's the godfather, Charles Wright, as he lives in Las Vegas. A simple phone call was made to Charles Wright. We need you, buddy, for this show. Bring your women from your strip club. What they were implying is that brothels are legal in parts of Nevada, not in Las Vegas, but outside Las Vegas. 
where Dennis Hoff, the owner of the Bunny Ranch, he recently passed away. He won an election even after dying this past Tuesday. He had passed away a few weeks ago. His name was already on the ballot. They had already printed the ballot. It was for like a local race. It wasn't for right. like a U.S. like a like federal. Yeah, he wasn't like a senator. He was like going to the state house. He won the race even though he <laughs> was dead. dead. A dead pimp, Dennis Hoff, won his race by like 3,000 votes. It wasn't even close. And it was like 3,000. So you know this small-ass town is... Yeah, some ranch. I mean, wherever the bunny ranch is, is in the middle of the desert. probably got like 4,000 people total in that town, and he won by a total of 3,000. And I mean, it said when you came in, this person is dead. And, I mean, the Repu- he was running as a Republican, so the Republicans of that area will f- will pick someone to fill his seat. But that's that's how partisan that county was. They are like, I'll trust a dead pimp over this person. Uh, fuck that. Dude, you know whoever he was running against? Just hang it up. You're not, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your political career is done. You yeah, lost to a dead man. A dead pimp man. Yeah, a dead pimp at the worst. That's it. You're, it's over. Yeah, so... <laughs> But our fictional pimp, the Godfather, is here. This is... Uh, Pimpin' ain't easy. No, this is Right to Censor Explodes here, as uh, Stephen Richards and the Godfather here... That's right. ...were coming unglued. It's very true. The crowd goes nuts for the Godfather. This was the most overman on the whole night. Oh, dude, this is the loudest match of the night. He says the winner tonight gets to take a ride on the... Oh, he can't say it because Spike TV wouldn't let him say it anymore. So, But the crowd said Ho-Train, so there you go. Being that Nevada is my home... I know what is legal, if you know what I mean. So listen up, homeboys. The winner of this match tonight gets to take a ride on the train. Whoa, 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 hold it though, hold it though, hold it though. I don't mean any train. I mean the... Oh, we get Jerry Chance for the King, as we all want Jerry the King Lawler to get his ride on the whole train. This is, I mean, this is really, how can you root against Jerry Lawler in this match? I That's mean, this true. is like, Stevie has this no would chance. be like rooting against a kid in a match where you get to see Santa Claus or something. This is Jerry <laughs> Lawler's dream come true. Recently divorced here. I mean, the cat was gone. He was working on finding his next ex-wife. This is a good time for him. I'm sure one of these in this lineup probably (laughs) was a contender. So, Stephen Richards suplexes Jerry for a near fall. Stephen Richards goes for the top rope fist, but he misses, gets legs of Jerry Lawler to the face. The crowd just want hoes. We want hoes. We want hoes. What a lovely crowd. Uh, Not give divas a chance. We want hoes. Yeah. Right. Jerry Lawler drop kicks Stephen Richard, slams him, then drops the fist from the second rope, but Richards gets a foot on the bottom rope. Richards goes to pile drive Lawler as every Jerry Lawler opponent does. Lawler sends Richard over his back and then just 
puts his knees down, and pins Steven Richards for the big victory. He's going home with the hose, everybody! As not Jerry Lawler's music hits, but the Godfather's music hits. And they dance off into the night. And Jerry Lawler gets to go home early tonight. Yeah. JR would have to call the rest of this show by himself. Which JR probably liked, actually. (laughs) So, it's a win-win for both of them. Uh, Randy Orton promo plays here as it's babyface Randy Orton. That's right. It's grainy footage trying to remind you, hey, he's the son of an old wrestler. Hey, we just need to tell you, because you might not remember Cowboy Bob, but he's he's the son of him. Hey, did you know? Did you know? Did you know his grandfather was a wrestler, too? Was he? Yeah, he's a third-generation star. No. Well, good for him. <laughs> but... This was really just trying to remind us of Bob. And uh, so Randy is going to set the standard for this generation. A legend in the making is what we're told. Randy Orton. The business is in his blood. I had never stepped in a ring. They took a look at me and they just saw a big kid who just turned 19 and had possible potential. He's got a little bit of everything. He's very fast, he's very strong, he's very knowledgeable, and he's uh, very willing to learn. Oh, he's got uh, the best drop kick I've seen in years. That wheelbarrow suplex he does once in a while is, is a phenomenal looking move. He's strong as a bull, but he can move like a cat. And he knows how to wrestle. You know, he's got all the tools. In 10 years, I see Randy Orton is is one of the best wrestlers ever to step into a wrestling ring. I'm Randy Orton, and I need to set the standard for this generation. Randy Orton, a legend in the making. Randy just joined Raw from SmackDown, and he's at the World signing autographs for the fans. It's so weird to see him here <laughs> as, with a big smile on his face, his long hair, no tattoos, Every, oh, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm Randy Orton, not the Viper, not the Apex Predator, not the... The, the shaking hands and kissing babies. Yes. Blue chipper Randy Orton. So good they decided to go in the opposite direction with his character. And Okay, in the video games, they need to put his blue attire with Orton across the back. Won't even do the... Oh, they need to make him do his O symbol that he yeah. used to do before yeah. he would slap on his chin lock or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. JR's all by himself. That's it. King's gone. He's partying. Kane is with Terry. Terry wonders if Kane will be at a disadvantage for his title match against Triple H because he's going into a dangerous TLC match. Kane says, things are going great. This is I'm having the time of my life here. And the Canaanites know that he can do it, and Triple H does too. But then Jonathan Coachman shows up, says, Hey man, sorry to bother you, but Triple H and Ric Flair are beating the shit out of the hurricane. And so Kane's like, Oh, okay. And then Coach is like, Yeah, it's just down the hall, one left and a right. (laughs) Apparently Kane got lost somewhere in the mix because he was not quick enough to save poor Hurricane Helms from a beatdown. Next to, by the way, a Matchbox 20 poster in the hallway as Ric Flair and Triple H put the boots. They'd already put their khakis on for the night. They were going home. They decided they needed to beat the shit out of Hurricane Helms here. They beat the shit out of him, and by the time Kane, which only had to make two turns down the hallway, got there, it was too late. Camera got beat in there. Yeah, a camera of a crew and Jonathan Coachman both had 
had somehow why wasn't Hurricane with Kane doing this interview? I have no doubt. Too like so a little strange. It's almost like Kane set it up. I mean that that could be my conspiracy theory. Well, well I mean he did say he was going to make Kane's life change forever by yes. the end of tonight. So Kane gets there in time to not help the Hurricane, but say, "You sons of bitches." <laughs> okay. Time for TLC on Raw free main event pay per view match. I mean, they had make a whole pay per view out of this thing now. That's true. This was a damn good match before we even get started. Well, it was for I mean for a TV for a TV match especially. Yeah. We got a cage match to kick it off, so I was excited, and then they threw this on top of it. Yeah, definitely held your interest throughout the night. You did. RVD and Jeff Harvey, as he would be called later by some commentators are out first then the Dudley's 2000 as I call them as Spike and Bubba Ray come out then Christian's awesome theme song with his giant wall of pyro plays at last you were on your own yes but man this man needed a makeover in the worst of ways his haircut was the best decision he made in his career because he looks bad with long hair and his singlet with tights. <laughs> the red singlet with oh, tights. <laughs> awful. Awful look. <laughs> then jacked up, juiced up, Chris Jericho is out to join him. Kane is alone. As Hurricane, despite being just beaten down, they had already made the determination, you need to go to the hospital or a local medical facility, as we've come to know it. So no Hurricane. Kane is going to have to take down these six other men all on his own. No problem. Yeah. And he runs wild on the competitors when he gets in the ring. The belts got hung up, by the way. I don't know when that transfer happened. Probably over the break. But they had hung up the belts, so the belts are in the air. This is a traditional TLC match. Chris Jericho and Christian say, fuck this. Messing with Kane. And they go get the ladder. The Dudleys stop them by pulling them down from the ladder. RVD chance from the crowd as RVD was the most overman in this match. Yeah, which, Jeff Harvey wasn't wasn't getting any kind of pop like RVD was. No, RVD. There were massive signs in the crowd. There were giant thumbs in the crowd. Dude. Everybody knew what the WWE had except the WWE. Oh my God! If they'd have put the title on him right now, if it was instead of Kane, if it'd been like Triple H and him and Triple, H, you know, he lost. I think he had already beaten RVD. I think he might have faced him in September, so he'd already. I'm just saying, if RVD had beat him though. Oh yeah, and put they finally put the title on him. Holy hell, that place would have gone absolutely batshit crazy. Yep. No, not gonna do it. They had to wait for four or five more years. Before He's they... too small. He'll never draw. RVD chants from the crowd. Kane double clotheslines Hardy and RVD. Hardy does his guardrail running clothesline to Kane on the outside. Bubba does his Terry Funk helicopter ladder spot, but gets a boot from Kane. Kane gets a single leg top rope drop kick from RVD. We want tables chance. Christian and Jericho set up a ladder in the corner, and Spike gets thrown neck first into it by Jericho. He was taking some sick bumps in this match. As we have seen from past... Yes. Reviews. Well, yeah, this was light. This was light work for Spike. As we have seen from past reviews, like, Spike takes some serious serious dumps anyway. So, I mean, just unbelievable. 
Y2J and Christian double team Bubba with a back body drop. Then miscommunication, Jericho hits Christian instead of Bubba. Bubba hits the shake route on roll elbow to Jericho. Then Kane hits his top turnbuckle clothesline on Christian that puts him down. Bubba sits up the ladder, eats a choke slam from Kane. Spike gets power slammed by Kane and then thrown into RVD on the outside as Kane just chucks this little guy uh, into RVD. Jericho rams Kane with another ladder. Then Christian hits Kane with an inverted DDT. Then Jericho and Christian set Kane on a table they've set up on the outside. They grab a ladder, have it halfway through the ropes. I don't know what they were going for here, but it doesn't matter because RVD hits it with a leg drop for the seesaw ladder bump as it would come up and knock Jericho and Christian down off the apron. Hardy, who always knows where the 16-foot ladder is, he's the only man in these TLC matches that ever knows where the big ladder is. True. He knew where it was, so he went and got it, and he climbs it and leg drops Kane through the table to holy shit chance as Bubba then throws the spare ladder onto Kane and the down competitors, the spare ladder that was in the ring. Then Christian power bombs Bubba off the ladder he was climbing for the belts, and we take a commercial break in the middle of this match. Crazy, but didn't really affect the match too much. I wonder what they did during the commercial break. Just stood around. Bubba, RVD, Jericho, and Christian are on dueling ladders. Bubba gets bulldogged off the ladder by Jericho. Christian hits the inverted DDT on RVD off the ladder. Then Spike climbs the ladder but gets ripped down by Christian, who dumps him out of the ring again. Christian climbs the ladder, gets crotched by Kane. Hardy leaps off the turnbuckle to Kane, who catches him midair, slams him, and then big boots him out of the ring. So good night, Jeff. Kane goes to climb again. Spike holds his leg, but Kane cracks the ladder into Spike's skull. The sound this ladder makes is it just rams Spike's poor skull. And then Kane hits him again with the ladder to knock him out of the ring again, as this man would not... This would not be the end of his bumping, by the way. Jericho takes out Kane with a chair. The first introduction of a chair, by the way, in this TLC match. And he takes out Bubba. RVD, though, stops Jericho with a heel kick. Hardy hits Poetry in Motion off Bubba's lifeless back, who was knocked out uh, by Kane in the corner. This sets up RVD to do the coast-to-coast Van Terminator on poor Kane. They took a replay, but they took the replay from the worst angle possible, where you see the magic behind the move. Mm -hmm. So, didn't quite connect. Didn't quite get all of it. Hardy suplexes Jericho on a ladder. He throws Christian off the buckle onto a ladder, then he sets up a ladder under the belts. Bubba and Hardy battle at the top of the ladder. Bubba superplexes Hardy off the ladder to holy shit chance, which this was a very dangerous move to do because there wasn't a lot of space between Jeff Hardy's legs and the top rope and would have really hurt bad had he superplexed him or into the buckle even uh, from where he was going, but Hardy knew to tuck his legs in. RVD goes for the belts to the delight of the crowd. They wanted RVD to get these belts. But Bubba, as always, comes in to stop him. He punches him. And then, after he punches him, does the strangest bump I've ever seen. So he punches him. He's on the ladder. Then just bumps to the ring and rolls to the floor. Because that punch took it out of him, Patrick, to do a back bump. Jericho climbs the ladder. Spike tries to stop him. Eventually tips the ladder over, and Jericho has to bump to the floor. 
And this gets the crowd on their feet for the remainder of this match. That was a insane thing for a guy like Jericho, who's former world champion no here. No table or nothing to break his fall. I, right. mean, I mean, he literally and, had to get his feet under him. And Spike did it very slowly, so it wasn't like just he ripped it right out yeah. from under him. But still, I would not want to do that. The crowd, yeah, is on their feet now for the rest of the match. Spike climbs the ladder but stops before the final rung because he doesn't know how ladders work. So he stops about three rungs short and reaches. Of course, he can't reach it as he's the smallest man in the match. He tries the acid drop on Christian, but Christian counters and throws him over the ropes and he crashes through a table on the outside. And that is the end of the bumping for Poor Spike Dudley, but thank you, sir. Thank you a lot. Christian climbs the ladder slowly, and Bubba sets up one beside him and hits the Bubba Bomb off the ladder to Christian. RVD hits a three-and-a-half star frog splash, I would call it, to Christian. Hardy then misses the swanton to Bubba, who had swapped places with Christian, and then he back body drops Hardy outside the ring through a table. But he has no time to think as he eats a Van Daminator from RVD, RVD then climbs the ladder, and Jericho smacks his leg with a chair. Jericho does that stupid, stupid walls of Jericho on the ladder, which I hate so much. Why? It, it looks awful. Oh, uh, it looks awesome. No, it looks stupid. It, it looks as bad as when... when draped over the top of it. All you gotta do is sit up on the other side. What if he hooks his leg? And the, it's just a stupid look. I can suspend my disbelief at a lot. But the, I hate this. And it's never called the Walls of Jericho. JR will never call it that for some reason because he's done it in a few ladder matches and I just JR never calls it that. So he must not like it either. Um, Kane then reappears. He's back from the dead again and grabs Jericho by the throat, chokeslams him off the ladder. Kane does his Michael My- Myers sit-up spot, goes up the ladder for the tag belts. Kane... Then rips down the tag belts. He didn't need Shane Helms at all. He doesn't need him. By himself, he just beat six men. Yes, one of which was a former world champion. Uh, another which was two more others which were future world champions. Yep, Kane took them all out. No problem. Not a former world, a former undisputed champion. Yeah, beat Rock and Austin on the same night, all by himself, no help. That's it. There you go. He poses with the belts, and it looked like he was about to do his big flame spot with the belts. Which would have been awesome. Which I wanted to see. I was like, this is going to be a great way to go off the air. Yeah, yeah. You need to build this guy. This guy is going after the world title. He looks like a monster. He came out. He survived the Van Terminator. Kicked ass. Kicked ass. He has three belts. This guy's got all the momentum. Triple H, I think he's about to do his big flame pyro spot with the belts in his hand. Kane is, and Triple H walks right out. Of course, no. No, no. Nobody's gonna get the shine on me. Not Kane. Not nobody. Because I'm the the game. I'm the star of Raw. (laughs) I'm the champ. I worked hard for this belt. They handed it to me. (laughs) So, of course... This is all shit on. All, everything. All, the whole fucking match, yeah. Yeah, this goes right out of your memory banks as you are left with this cliffhanger as Triple H and Flair come out and says, I promised you, I promised you, before the night was over, your life would never be the same. 
And boy, was Triple H right here. What the hell is this? Now what? Kane, I promised you that before this night was over, your life would never be the same. You said this is the happiest you've ever been in your life, huh? Well, unfortunately, some people always can't be that happy. Let me ask you a question, Kane. How happy is Katie Vick? Yeah, that's right. I know, Kane. I know it all. Ten years ago, you killed her. That's right, Kane. You are a murderer. You can't be happy, Kane. Let me ask you a question. How happy is Katie Vick, Kane? I know it all. Ten years ago, you killed her. You're a murderer. Kane is a murderer. And then Kane just stares at Hunter and we go off the air. Yes. That is how you totally erase all the good work you just did for this character. Yes. But it wouldn't be the end of it. Oh, you, no. It would get much, 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 much worse for Kane. It would hit the lowest point in wrestling history. Oh, don't say that. In my eyes. There have been, there's been much worse. But no. There, there has been much worse. There no. Was, this is the worst point in wrestling. I, I disagree. We've already covered uh, Katie Vick and that wonderful storyline, but... The saddest part is all the damage they did to Kane just over the next year and a half between Katie Vick and the unmasking. Yeah. And just after that, after this, he was done. Like, I just don't. Yeah, he was out he, of the main event back, picture. He came back after the unmasking and had a pretty good run with Shane over some unbelievable matches. Shocking balls as well. Yeah. Um, but that was it for a long time for him. Oh, I mean, well, just as far as being someone that you actually believed could win the world title. Yeah. Because after everything with Hunter was said and done, anytime Kane was in a main event, it was like when Mark Henry's in a main event, you know he's going to lose. Or when Big Show's in a main event, you know he's just here to lose. Yeah. And that's what happened. And I don't know why they did this. Yeah. Why hurt your own company, basically, by cutting off this guy who is basically being billed as the top babyface at the moment on Raw? I mean, RVD is the fan's choice, but, you know, the company is going going with Kane at this moment, and you just put it out immediately, extinguish it, get all the belts off of him, and then the Katie Vick stuff, and... And then the unmasking and just all the allure and that character and all that work you had done. For all the work they did protecting Undertaker f- through the years and making yeah. – oh, and d- they did the reverse with yeah. his, with his storyline brother. They just shit all over poor Glenn Jacobs. And yeah. Company man went along with it. Uh, still active wrestling today. Still in decent shape. Um and had a career before that as uh, Isaac Yankum and Fake Diesel, and so has always 
has had a very long run with this company. One of the longest... By this point in time, not to mention so far even now. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely now. But even then, yeah. had already had a pretty long run. I mean, if you count Isaac Yankum, which was you're like... cresting almost 10 years. 95, so you're at, you're at seven years at this point oh, at least. Years, so. Because I was thinking he came in, in like late ninety three, early ninety four. Might have been ninety four, so maybe uh maybe eight I years. I think you were cresting, yeah, at that point. So yeah. Uh and I forgot this happened at the end of this, and I didn't I didn't watch this is the first time I've ever seen this episode. I I, I wasn't watching the, the product in two thousand and two. And I definitely I, I remember because we've done the Katie Vick episode and they they showed some of the the build up yeah. for that or whatever, and they mentioned I think that it happened at the end of Raw Roulette, but it had been a while since we did that episode, so I totally forgot. I knew he was saying it earlier in the night, like "Oh, I'm going to send Kane a message" or whatever. He was saying that to Hurricane or whatever. Um, but I didn't think it was tonight. And yeah. after that TLC match, I was just like, "Well, that's the end of the show." Yeah, they had to slip in some bullshit. They had to. They had because they there wasn't enough talking. In yeah, their there eyes. wasn't enough, and they had that. They felt like they didn't have enough soap opera right. on their soap opera. Right. So they just had to. They just couldn't resist. And I mean, now I really like this episode of Raw because there's a lot of matches. There's a lot of wrestling, and it's. It's simple to understand storytelling. Talking's down to a minimum. Yeah, there's not... You don't open the show with 20 minutes of someone talking. Right. And you don't do it throughout the night. Which is now a a guaranteed... It happens every Monday and Tuesday night. Yeah, I think a few months ago... It was earlier this year... Earlier this year, oh, they, when Rollins opened up, yeah, when that, Rollins yeah. ran the gauntlet, when that Raw started with a match, my jaw was almost on the floor because I was like, "What is there something wrong? Yeah, is someone did someone not show up to work they because their cue? Yeah, we don't do this. Yeah. We don't start a wrestling show with wrestling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we start with talking. Yeah. So I miss I miss that. And I think the two-hour format, this was much more digestible. It flew by. The matches were short, but they... This felt stacked more like an episode of Nitro than it does a current WWE Raw episode. Yeah. And even though all these... You know, I, I could do without some of the stupid gimmick matches like the the bra and panties paddle and the fucking Vegas showgirl stuff. and Well, that was a pretty quick match, though. It was entertaining. I just... The Vegas showgirl match. Well, seeing William Regal do that is very funny because... He's he's a very serious man. Oh, I mean, yes. He has a comedy side, well, but nobody really gets to see it. Well, he his comedy side is that... He plays a very like he's very serious, but he always he's the butt of the joke. He's yeah. getting his tea pissed in. He's yeah. uh, showing up with the queen, and he's dating the queen, and it's just this random old lady. And yeah. it's always he's not aware he's a joke, yeah. and that's the joke of William Regal's right. character, or whatever. So to see him just go full out, like play the play the jester, you yeah. know, it was was pretty funny. But the, you know, paddle on a pole, I mean, 
that that I I could do without that. So, and I'm not just saying that to be politically correct. I, the 11 year old and 12 year old me would say, sure, this was great. That was great. But well, that yeah, was also the, before the internet, and that was also before everyone was naked on Instagram, basically wearing less clothing. And I think our society has just there. There's so many outlets where you can find women in lingerie and yeah. and things like that. And so when it comes to wrestling, just just wrestle, you know. Just do at this that. point in time, you didn't have that though. Well, I know, I know. I know the state of where we were, but still doesn't make it right. Right. And they did. The the parts where they actually fought in the match were organized well because they didn't let Stacy try any wrestling moves. So that was <laughs> yeah, good. That's true. They kept it all to strikes. And her, when she was slamming Trish's head against the title, that was pretty vicious. Yeah. So that was good. And you could see how much better Trish was than Stacy. Yeah. Because I mean, she had, she hit like a snapmare and was doing some work. Yeah, but Stacy just not a wrestler. Sorry. So, what'd you think of this show overall? I enjoyed it. I'm gonna rate it very high. Yeah. Any uh, any standout performances? Anything? I love the uh, the TLC at the end. I enjoyed King being a part of it. I thought that was a good twist because he, you know, you never you hardly got to see him. So I like that. Um, Booker T and Big Show in the cage I thought was great to kick it off because it it just showed how high they were willing to go to make this show a success. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a change of pace to, I mean, open a show with a a cage match, even if it's a non-title, just... Stip match for the purpose of that. I mean, the whole night. Yeah. The idea of nothing but gimmicks, which, like I said, I mean, Vince Russo must have been so jealous that he didn't. He salvaged. He could never watching this. He could never do a show as good as they did. Yeah. They did his show better than he could. Yeah. And so that's that's just the thought that kept popping up in my mind as we watched this, but. On a rating scale, as I'm starting to lose my voice from yammering on about a Raw from 16 years ago, on a rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, Patrick Young, where does this show rank? Kane. A Kane. Yeah. Wow, that is very high praise. This yeah. might have been, I read on some review sites of this episode, they thought this TLC match might have been the best Raw match up until that point in 2002. Yeah. I mean, there's been better since, but I think they might have a point. Yeah. They got a real they got a real unique show that night in yeah. Las Vegas. It's not often you go to TV, like we were talking about earlier, and get something different and special, and you get your money's worth, and they got their money's worth right. that night. I am going to give this show I'm going to give this show a Triple H just Triple because H. you picked Kane and it's Triple H's show really as so. long as you didn't give me a Katie Vick then <laughs> well Katie Vick was just a mannequin so Triple H would get Katie Vick <sighs> he'd get her right in the coffin for all of us to see. 
And Vince was in the other room laughing. He loved it. He thought oh, it he was... loved that shit. You know he did. Oh, I think they talked about it. and Oh, no, it was Triple H on a radio show talking about it and how much Vince loved it, yeah. So, it's, it's like your when pa- they did the ass surgery, though, on like, oh, JR. JR, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a very special time of the year. Uh, November is, is the month of your birth. We are going to go and see the death of Hulkamania once and for all. I don't think it's dead. It came back just the other day. As it fits one-on-one with our Survivor Series coming up very shortly, in which the gravest challenge as Hulk Hogan will defend the WWF World's Heavyweight Championship against a one-year rookie known as The Undertaker. Yeah, a very young Mark Calloway, a very red-haired Mark Calloway, where he debuted just a year before that. year before. This is, uh, you know, if this happened today, this is like people would reject The Undertaker. They'd say, you're pushing him too hard. Yeah. I mean, you can't have him. He's only been here a year, and he's already beating Hulk Hogan. He's in the main event. There's nowhere to go. Well, he's actually, this was in the middle of the card. (laughs) The gravest challenge happened in the middle of the card. The main event, Patrick, is, of course, Big Boss Man and Legion of Doom taking on Erwin R. Scheister and the Natural Disasters. That was the closing match. That's right. But this is when Survivor Series didn't air on a Sunday night, necessarily. They actually aired on Thanksgiving. I'm not sh- Yeah, it might have the year. Let me see. November 27th, 1991. It was a Wednesday. Oh! So the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So you could uh, watch your Survivor Series the night before and then talk about Undertaker with the family the next day. Exactly. That's where we will go is November 27, 1991 for Survivor Series. The gravest challenge as the Undertaker would have to summon all his minions, all his demons, his uh, creatures of the night to conquer Hulkamania. The irresistible force... Truly meeting the immovable object. Yes, this man does not move that much. No. He barely would sell. So can Hulk... Both of these men do not sell. Who will sell something? We'll have to see. Survivor Series 1991 will be episode number 98 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Cresting 100. Any plans? Any plans for that that 100 mark? I, I don't know. I'll... We'll talk about it maybe uh, next week or the week after. Or, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. I might just clip together a best of, of like, random conversations we've had or something. Okay. Maybe shit set them been, up. Shit that's been cut out over there. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> shit, shit that's been cut out is gone forever. Uh most of the shit that gets cut out is just me fucking up, so I, I don't want to put that in there. I've never made a mistake. I have always sounded pristine on these recordings. You're perfect in every way. Yes, I'm Mr. Perfect. You are. So that'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline.
and bingo bango.